0: Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bat. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing?
1: Uh, still horrible. My financial situation is getting worse instead of better, despite every effort that I have made. Uh, you know... Say, so, things are really bad, but as has been the case since September, I will say that things are bad, and then we won't talk about it. And I'll be fine on the
0: episode. That combined with the, the fact that you never let anybody know what your day job is, like, people must really be, like... What is going on with that
1: Oh, my day you know. job is fine and stable. It's that
0: it's just it's located in Syria.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh a bunch of other shit has come up really going back to May, mm-hmm. but I've started feeling it in September. Well, you and, developed a gambling addiction. <laughs> that's that's what. That's so. it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's the weekly uh, how are you and I can't lie. I have All to right. say I am not doing well, okay. but let's get on with the show. All right. Uh, really
0: set the tone there. That's, <laughs>
1: this is what I've done. I've done this every episode for <laughs> Not like... last
0: episode. Last episode you are doing well.
1: Oh, man. I, and I was jet been... lagged
0: from Dominican Republic, so it was not uh, a good episode. But weird weird
1: episode. So, okay, moving on. Uh, yeah, a lot of people like Dick Tracy. The, yeah, that's right. Out.
0: They do. Look, Shut I up.
1: I never said I didn't. I just said I needed to rewatch it. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid.
0: You seemed d- dismissive of it, and of me, by extension. Uh, skeptical. Fair let's... enough.
1: Let's... Introduce our guest and right. ask him what he thinks of Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy. Okay, sure. Uh, returning to the show for, um, uh, uh, he's been on a bunch of times, but not yeah. for like a year, actually. I right.
0: Think. He, to episode 250 yeah. was the last With time he Bill was Dwyer. on. Whenever you
2: pull the Christmas tree out, you go, you know, we got to call Mike. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get so, Mike in here. So
1: festive. So <laughs> yes, people who know episode 250 by heart now know it's not Bill Dwyer who's back. It's Mike
2: Schmidt. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. it. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: And how do you feel about Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy?
2: I also will need to revisit it, but I can tell you that I've. It was on cable, like uh, for the summer, a few times, and I would always stop when I saw Pacino and laugh. I always stopped and went, "Yep, that's the thing I have to see," and (laughs) it works. And when he's bullying the showgirls and when he's screaming, because that was and that's really the birth of Hooah, Pacino. You know what I mean? It was almost like he had to climb under the latex to find himself again as. Uh, and reborn, be reborn as that nutbag type of actor, yeah. and found he embraced chewing scenery. So, uh, I mean, you, if anything, you have to respect the movie because it gave us scent of a woman, and it mm-hmm. gave us heat, Pacino, right. and you know, yeah. great ass, and it gave us that Pacino who really you, you weren't sure if you were going to see again. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I would have to see it again, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with Ty on this one. So you didn't hate? Would you hate it?
1: No, I'm saying I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and I know that it has. Critically, a a mixed reputation. Right. Uh, And so I was... He talked about how much he liked it last week because we did an episode on actors who have directed movies. Um, And I just brought it up as... Is this movie that holds up?
2: I saw it at the movies three times, and uh, and I and because I loved the way it looked. Pacino was Pacino. Warren Beatty was a fucking test pattern, but uh, <laughs> and Madonna was awful. I mean, you know, really, the songs were
0: good though. Stephen Sondheim
2: and and William Forsythe is I think flat top in it, and and the the makeup and the, the vibrancy and the colors was enough to get me back in the theater. And this is at a time when I would see everything two three times anyway. Yeah. But uh, but I remember enjoying it in the theater, and then as I've revisited it, having not seen it in fifteen years, I do stop on it and I put the remote down and I'll give it you know 15 minutes of much Pacino and chew stuff up and yeah so and the way it looks still holds up for me
1: and yeah. I think I, I didn't see in the theater um I haven't seen the so since, since I was a kid so that means I've only really seen VHS yeah seen the same movie VHS i don't DVD. think there's a blu-ray
0: yet is I don't there? think so man but when there is because I bet it's
1: gorgeous yeah I, I would I would like to see that on blu-ray
2: how do you feel about Warren Beatty's Bullworth
1: I'm a big Lo- fan.
2: I love it. Oh, me too. Good. All yeah. right. I was, you know, I was a little worried there. Because, I mean, I, I'm that guy because I like Bamboozled, too. And that always turns uh-huh. into a shouting match mm-hmm. with people. Uh, but I, I found that movie to be real kind of powerful for me anyway. And I know people say, oh, he overstepped and he did whatever Spike Lee did. But I felt the same way with Bulworth. I mean, I, I felt like I understood what he was trying to do there. And, yeah. I, and I really enjoyed it. I dug it. So.
1: And it's yeah, also uh oliver platt who was always funny and everything yeah, yes. has maybe never been funnier than yeah. he is he's old.
0: rhyming now it's very disconcerting <laughs> i love that <laughs> when,
1: when when they're gonna try and block him from going into the tv station and he says to uh who is the other is it josh malina yeah, and yeah. he says he says we will not let him we will stand here arms akimbo if we must
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that's great
1: all right um now uh i i uh you know tyler has something he wants to talk about. i do uh, and we were we were uh, a little quick backstory to the listener. We were going to put it off for another episode. We told Mike what it was. He said that's something I want to talk about. So here we go. That's well, interesting. Okay. I want to hear about. It. I think people do. All right. So I
0: have an announcement. No listeners. It's not that one. It's. Uh, it's <laughs> I'm Jen, and I are neither having a baby nor am I a super duper taster. Uh, it is you, uh, super taster. I am a super taster, dude. I Do you have the test at your house here? Uh, I, I I did, and then I used it. Uh
2: fuck! I gotta get it because I <laughs> I was wondering if I might be, and uh, some guy might. Some, <laughs> I've had two things. One guy had. Uh, he's like, well, you got to build a seesaw in your house and get an armadillo. I mean, like one of those fucking <laughs> weird things. And then another guy's like, you can buy a strip of paper and a and a glass of water and like figure it out. That's yeah, what so
0: you did, right? yeah, for five bucks they send you a thing with two strips of paper. Yeah. So what I did. It was me and Jen. I had her take one, and I took... You don't take it. You just put it on your tongue. Um, <laughs> you're doing it she, wrong yeah, if you're right. taking it. And so, um, because I used her as a control, because she'll eat any number of things, and then I can only eat like, certain things, and sometimes it's overpowering. And sure enough, her, she was like, no, oh, it's a little bitter. And for me, I like gagged. Okay. And so she's like, oh, super taste, Super taster. Everyone can shut but up the, now. But the thing is, no,
1: we, I won't shut up, because you have now this great power that you are... Letting go to waste by eating all these bland foods. Well, and,
2: and you need to call your Uncle Ben immediately, by the way,
0: because this is not good news for him.
1: <laughs> We're talking about it because rice is very bland. Of right? course.
0: <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I, I understand and I'm not opposed to trying uh, new things. I'm just saying, like, it's now if I don't like them, then uh, I have an excuse. That's the way I look at it. That's neither here nor there. The announcement I wanted to make was. Uh, but this is,
2: this, come on, that's, that's like saying your mouth is too smart for foods. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give it a chance. Give it a day in court. And then if you want to back off, just then you can, because then you can be like crazy egghead super snob <laughs> and just be like, ah, my tongue's far too educated for that nonsense. You know, that's that's the way.
0: Use this to your advantage, friend. Yeah. I guess I don't uh, look at it that way. I just think that like everything is just uh, turned up to. But such now eat a-
2: everything. Eat, eat like fucking cotton and eat a cat and eat like all sorts of bullshit and just be like, like i'm a super taster what's what i'm supposed to do we do have a lot of alley cats that come I, here well that's one of the reasons why i brought it up because he can he won't get off the wall and he's been coming 3d style like back and forth it's freaking me out i went for it to come through the window at some point <laughs>
0: uh we we brought one of those cats in here it, it did not go well no, no um but uh anyway so okay the announcement i'll lead up to it because this is a big deal for to me you, to you and to and listeners. And uh, to me, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. And I'll give you the slightest bit of backstory. Uh, I was making my Christmas list for uh, for Jen of uh, what I what I wanted. and uh, A cape for your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> for a minute, I thought you said a cape fear tongue. And I was like, <laughs> this, hey, must those, <laughs> his tongue. this must be one of those <laughs> weird Mike Schmidt things no, that uh, it's fine. But uh, is that. Mine's moving fast. So fast that you're way beyond all of us. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so, uh, and one of the things that I put was a, uh, a soundtrack to a movie that I'd wanted for a long time, and uh, and as I wrote that down, I started thinking about the music from the film, and it just kept sort of echoing in my head for, like, the last two weeks. Empire was, Records. That's the one. <laughs> uh, and I thought, uh, listeners know, of course, I hate that movie, um, and uh, and I was just like, you know, that movie's really good. I do love that movie. And it just started, and then it just kind of grew in my head more and more until I started to think like, you know, this movie, which I will identify in a moment.
1: On the these are our seeds here.
0: It might be my, well, you guys already know what it is, but, uh, you <laughs> Speaking know, theater, the theater of the mind, but, uh, this might be my favorite movie of all time. I went back and looked at various, uh, top hundred lists and it's fascinating. The two thousand five list is when your own it, personal too. my own, my own, yeah. Uh, it showed up at number twenty nine for the first time. Two thousand
1: five, two thousand seven. I like how you, you say it know. like you're surprised, like it's something you wait for, like the AFI list, like you wait every year. <laughs> my old list, list is out. out. It does
0: sort of surprise <laughs> me. Like for example, the most recent, not the most recent list, but uh, the second to most recent, when uh, when like uh, um, Monty Python's Meaning of Life showed up on there. Now, I know that I made the list, but part of me's like, huh. <laughs> i didn't i didn't know i liked it that much how about that mm. and so um isn't it fun to surprise yourself right that's what american of beauty course. is all about so um the uh so it showed up 2005 is number 29 2007 number 10 2009 number 7 2012 number 4 and now 2013 we're not there yet but we're almost there sure uh my at this point my favorite movie of all time
1: is no longer this, what it has always been. It is been. no
0: longer Citizen Kane, which has been my favorite. There's been a change at the top. That's right. A challenger appears. That's right.
1: That's right. It, and just no, like it is just like the second uh, sound list.
0: I right? know, but it is not Vertigo. That is still no. hanging out in like the 20s, 30s. Um, but, That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll probably need to reassess. I haven't seen Vertigo in a while. But um, yeah, and so, uh, and it's unfortunate because this is a movie that David does not like, and it is uh, Robert Altman's Nashville and replacing uh, replacing Citizen Kane wow. So Citizen Kane, just, is,
1: that, is that number two number now. number
0: two okay. and actually I kind of I uh, rejumbled the whole list and uh where did Nashville what kind of a leap did Nashville make it went from four to uh, four to one so what did it leapfrog what's three and two it jumped over twelve angry men okay Jaws and then Citizen Kane but then I kind of rejiggered my whole uh, top ten mm-hmm. uh it's probably not the word uh <laughs> and then um that's a Tom Waits lyric yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Night of the Hunter moved up quite a bit as well after talking about uh, Charles Lawton last Last week. week. Um, And so now my top five, so you got Nashville, Citizen Kane, Jaws, Night of the Hunter, 12 Men, now number five.
1: Number six, Meaning of Life. That's the one.
0: (laughs)
2: My mom woke me up in the middle of the night to watch Night of the Hunter. Yeah. We were kids. Okay. And it was a movie she, you know, loved or whatever. Like, uh, there were a couple, she did this to us a couple times. But Night of the Hunter, she woke us up in the middle of the night. It was on late, on the WGN late night movie. Mm-hmm. And we watched it at like one in the morning. She made popcorn while we watched it. And uh, I was probably t- 12, 11. And that Shelly Winters in the car i still i could i could describe it to the to a sketch artist and he'd paint it i mean yeah. it was like it's so burned into my brain and that leaning and my and my mom would do because yeah. and we didn't know kind of what it was she would just goof around and just kind of sing leaning in the sheaves or bringing in the sheaves whatever mm-hmm. it is, and she would say it and and uh and then we saw the movie and went, oh, that's the thing that scarred you for life that you decided to now inflict upon us and all five of us in the middle of the night undercovers staring at the television. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that and the movie The Bad Seed. She did that too with Which us. I've never, oh, seen. I've never seen. that either. Oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's uh, not the... I, they remade it, obviously, I think. Yeah, yeah. They did. But, uh, but the little girl, like the one, the black and white one, Jude, dude, yeah. That was... My
1: dad woke me up in the middle of the night once. Uh, okay. When I was young, uh, I discovered uh, at my... Uh, we were staying at my my uh, aunt and uncle's in Virginia for a week. We were like on vacation and my uncle had, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail on VHS. And I watched it probably for that week. I watched it twice a day. Yeah. Uh, cause it's, it's still to me the funniest movie ever made. Um, but I was a kid and the other movies is, isn't it ridiculous how funny it is yeah.
2: isn't it when you even now I, again and it's another thing where you put the remote down it's like Godfather or anything where you just go yeah I'm in uh-huh. and it is it is relentlessly funny yeah. all of it all of it you're just and I because I, I think I'm funny <laughs> and we host shows and, and you think you do the right thing and you think you're and then you see that and you go I'm I'm an ant in the afterbirth I mean I, what <laughs> the fuck I got no cho- no chance yeah. of ever being that good and they did it a million times I mean the show brilliant and meaning of life and but i mean watch when you watch holy grail it's literally boiled down to its essence the, yeah. the genius of monty python
1: surprising yourself like i get surprised every time at what like yeah like a whole new thing that i think is like, <laughs> my whole thing it's, is the uh uh now you see the violence inherent in the system <laughs> come to the violence and <laughs> hein- <laughs> um, anyway so uh but because i was a kid life of brian and meaning of life are both rated r my parents wouldn't let me see them so for a long time all i had was holy grail And then my dad woke me up like on a school night in the middle of the night because PBS was showing Flying Circus episodes, which I didn't have. And so he woke me up in the middle of the night to watch Flying Circus with him. And that yeah. Was, yeah that was,
0: we used to watch them. I didn't have anything like that. My parents just said, you should see A Fish Called Wanda when I was way too young. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. But still,
2: that's another one. I saw it in the theater uh-huh. and I did not expect anything from it. Like, completely snuck up on me. Yeah. It was when I, Again, I lived in Tahoe and we used to go to... We, not only would we go to movies, but then we'd go in the middle of the night and we'd steal the one sheets from the... We'd like literally crack mm-hmm. open the thing and our whole apartment was covered in movie posters. Uh, but we saw A Fish Called Wanda three times in two days. I mean, it, it we just... We could not understand how funny it was. Again, Kevin huh. Klein, just that when he hits himself with the boot, and you're like, oh my Christ. I mean, because again, and again, that's the tiniest thing, but all of it, you know, Kaka Kakan is coming to kill me, and uh, everything <laughs> is genius. And uh, I, I wonder, I Wendy, I wonder, I mean, all of it. And the best, to, the best is when Klein is like, he's like, Harvey, Manfred, Jensen, Rensen. And then he goes to the whole thing, and then fucking Cleese's wife goes, well,
0: Mr. Manfred, Rensen, Jensen. And, and you're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my, my n- maybe not my favorite thing. There's like, there's jokes in the movie that aren't even jokes. There's a character whose name I believe is Tom Georgeson, played by George Thompson.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: or, or, just, or vice versa. Yeah. I don't remember which one it is. Perfect. Perfect. But like, that's not even a joke. No. No that's for that's for after. But when you write and
2: you do things like that and you know it's there for you and you're just like, yeah, I, yeah and you because you, you're right at the top of your intelligence and you hope yeah. everybody comes on board. And and for that stuff, when you notice it and you see it, you're just like God damn it, finally. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It's, it's so, so great. funny
0: that you it, it is, you're like, it's like when you eat like a really good steak and you get somehow. All right, you, back to the super. We get I'm it. Sorry, <laughs> we understand. <laughs> uh, but like you eat something really good and you get almost not mad but you're just like, oh, this is so damn like yeah. it, it makes you realize what a medi- mediocrity you're living the rest of the time.
2: I said it to my wife the other day because we, we I went to Animal with some listeners from the show and I had Tandoori Octopus. You know, and I I like eating a lot of good food. I'm fat. And uh and I actually looked at them and and said to them, I, I don't I, I so regret I'm forty five years old and I I cannot tell you how much I regret every hour i've ever spent in a fridays or an <laughs> applebee's because on the road you know i had no choice you'd have to mm-hmm. eat at those shitholes or you know taco bell and and i mean i was fucking crazy fat so i would i would power that shit down and i and i regret every, to like to this day now i don't want to go to any of those places ever like karen will go to taco bell and i'll get her stuff and i won't get anything for me and i'll go to get you know i there's a nice mediterranean joint i like and i i i, I just rue spending time with mediocrity and it's so great how it transfers itself to movies as well Mm -hmm. where if you see something and I it happens to me a lot now I I haven't been to a lot of movies because I found myself really discerning and I'll go and I'll get mad that I went I can't believe it cost me 15 bucks to not like this why why did this happen (laughs) Um, so I've been very choosy and very picky about what I've seen but
1: it's funny um, you hear like about these uh Uh, these big chefs like David Chang talks about how great McDonald's fries are and like Anthony Bourdain talks about how much he to eat Popeyes at airports and stuff like that like they they yeah. They, they mix
2: the low and the high. Right. Well, uh, well, fucking Bourdain's eating goat hearts out of a sand pit. <laughs> right. So I mean, Popeye's looks like a goddamn dream at that point. Uh, but David, yeah, David Chang, I, he's right. McDonald's fries are a dream. I mean, you yeah. get them hot and salty right out of the thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But if you go there and you get some bullshit, that they kept under a heating lamp and all, it ruins everything. I just had Popeye's a week ago mm-hmm. on a whim because it's right on the corner where I live. And Karen, I was like, you hungry? I was coming home from recording my show last Wednesday and I stopped and got a two piece with a biscuit and we walked in and we, We bit it, and I went. This is awful. It's awful. How dare you even pedal this? It's ridiculous. Uh, And so I, I, I can't agree with you more about how you get just mad at yourself because you've been involved in so much mediocrity, and this was out there for you.
0: And it seems it's so counterintuitive. It's like, yeah, but you're having the good thing now. It's like, yeah, but this is gonna stop. (laughs) And then I got to go back to my bullshit life. It's probably one of the best episodes of the, of the Simpsons of the last ten years, which admittedly isn't saying much, but it's uh, it's something like a super fun thing that Bart will never do again, and it's the Simpson family goes on like this this cruise, this like fun kids cruise, and it winds up a supposedly fun thing. No, it's, it, it's even funner than they expected. And then no, but I'm saying in, <clears throat>
1: that's the David Foster Wallace thing that the title is coming oh, yes, from. Oh, okay, is yes. a yes, supposedly yes. fun okay. thing that I'll never do again.
0: And so, uh, yeah, so it's that Bart will never do again. Yes, thank you. And so, um, so, it, so they go in, and they, they, really ex, they really set it up so that you, the viewer, like, this is not going to live up to the expectation. And it exceeds the expectation, but then that creates this existential dread in Bart of, like, this is going to end. Never going to be life, this good again. <laughs> my life will have peaked. <laughs> and it's a, really,
1: it's a really good episode, actually. That's great. Um, okay, so Fish Called Wanda, which, by the way, I, I didn't know that about you, but I had the same experience of my parents recommending it to me at a time when I think they forgot, like, how, like, and we're talking about the silly stuff, but there's a lot of, like, R-rated stuff in there that my parents, who were pretty strict about that, like shouldn't have or, or wouldn't have but doesn't that seen. but
2: doesn't that speak to, to the greatness of the work
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, that yeah. they
2: were willing to overlook what <laughs> they thought you shouldn't see because it was so important that you see this yeah well, that's fantastic and of course
1: although that said kevin <laughs> klein hilarious as he is is a psychopath in the movie and oh, yeah. it did actually kind of disturb me the first
0: time <laughs> i saw it i mean i yeah i like i i was raised in like a christian household now thankfully compared to like the exist, you know, the lives of some of my friends where you're not allowed to see anything that is even mildly questionable. And that was not the case for me. But nonetheless, you know, my parents are like, oh, if it's rated R, you know, you can't see. It. Except, of course, Kentucky Fried Movie, which my dad's like, that's is pretty funny. And then uh, and and Fish Called Wanda, which incidentally now and I say this knowing she'll never hear it. Uh, now I would uh, I was talking to my mom. I was like, you know, you and dad recommended fish you know plane trains and automobiles and fish called wanda to me and she and my mom now who's kind of one could say mellowed out a little bit not mellowed out i'm sorry gotten stricter uh oh. in in her old age And she's like mm, i don't know i think that's more your dad and it's like
1: no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> no it was both of you don't try to walk back from this come on um so uh, any, uh anything else about nashville what do i mean is this... no
0: we can we'll probably talk more about it but um well, I, over, I, over the over reason I, kind of, I thought it was interesting
2: is I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about just the, just the very idea of revisiting your lists. Because I, I know what I love, and, I, and I've never I've never compiled a list. I, you know, I, I always throw around, you know, what's my favorite movie of all time? And then I'll narrow it down, what's my favorite movie of the last 15 years? and yeah. So I'll kind of think of that. But I don't have a top 100. And to, sit, to know that you sit down, and by the way, I, I want to talk about this. You said 2005, 2007, 2009, 2012. Yeah. You skipped 2011?
0: I guess so, yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, oh,
2: well, I, I actually, you're my bedrock here. I mean, I'm counting okay. on rhyme or reason here, and you <laughs> apparently went two, 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 three. And that uh, did that make everything go squatsy or,
0: or what? How did that work? Hmm. Let's see. What happened between 2009 t- and 2012? Uh, I think, oh, you know, oh, I can tell you this. Here's what happened. Um, we started, uh, I started more than one lesson. Mm-hmm. I started doing a weekly movie night with my friends, in which we watched a lot of movies that I had not seen but had been meaning to see for forever. And then we started reviewing movies on the show, uh, like uh, in writing. You mean
1: on the on the, on po- po- on the
0: website? On the website, thank on you. On um, And so, uh, so suddenly, you know, we're getting. I'm getting like box sets of like David Lean's like lesser known works, and I'm starting to see like these in my movie in my weekly movie night. I'm starting to see like you know these Iranian films and stuff like that. And so uh, suddenly it's like damn this is good this is good stuff yeah i think i i think i need to reassess the old top 100 here oh it took a breath for a year so yeah so i think it was i think it was one of those uh like i felt no real need to do it in 2010 or 2011 but then 2012 like after a while it's just like man i've i've seen a lot of a lot more stuff and i feel like this could probably be my favorite only one way to find out here we go
2: did it make you happy to find new good works Or did it make you feel, oh, I've been so blind to this point, like regretful?
0: Uh, Like a fraud? (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That's the word I use. (laughs)
2: Okay. I didn't want to say that. I mean, it's your show. But yeah, it's that thing where you... uh, because it, you know there are people out there who purport to be experts, and I, I feel the same way. Like I know a lot about sports, I know a lot about things, mm-hmm. and then you'll run into somebody who really knows and loves mm-hmm. the thing that you purport to know about, yeah. and you find yourself shrinking back from it and going and questioning your own self and wondering, do I really have the devotion or the love for this that I thought that I did?
0: Yeah. What I what I've had to do, and I I've re- I wrote a blog about this on uh, BP, but uh, you know the idea because we've been. Accused more so me than David, but both of us at some point have been accused of not taking movies seriously. I put quotes around that um, because we haven't seen this, that, or the other thing. And um, now, oddly enough, the thing that like they singled out for David, Trees Lounge,
1: yeah, which is a great uh, movie, Steve Buscemi, but right? What? yeah, but yeah. I, I've you know I've never seen the Four Hundred Blows, yeah, <laughs> and I've never seen um, I don't know what's uh I've never seen Persona. Thing, Mark oh, film. Okay, I saw that. I saw so, 400 blows, but
0: I haven't seen seven samurai. Yeah. You know, like there's like there's a lot of stuff that, that the two of us haven't seen. So where do we find the gall to have a five a coming up on 300 episodes of, uh, of a movie podcast is ridiculous. But ultimately, what I've had to do is just recognize that like <clears throat> movies are like fourth for me, as far as my priorities. Number one is faith, number two is my wife, number three is my friends. And when I'm feeling particularly melancholy and angry at myself, it's just like, come on, asshole, Like, get to do, watch more. And there's, a, there's no question that there are times when I'm lazy and it's like, well, I could watch something I haven't seen or something I've seen a million times yeah. and uh, it's very comfortable. So there is that, but also it's just one of those things where it's just, when I'm, when I'm objective, it's like, yes, I could have seen that or I could have gone out to dinner with my wife. I went out to dinner with my wife yeah and so uh which will also help you
2: it'll help color your view of movies in the future as well becoming a more well-rounded person i i you know it's funny you say as you get older you're you're probably what 34 are you guys i'm 30. yeah you're 30 okay um well i'm 45 and And I want to discover new music. And I want to discover new movies. And eventually you just find yourself wrapping yourself in the cloak of the Beatles and going, (laughs) this stuff holds up and I love it. Mm. And there's no reason for me to do that. And, you know, I try. I try really hard. You know, I I buy stuff or I go listen to new stuff. And and I don't want to get caught in a rut. But eventually you do find yourself, like you just said, you want to know if you should see something new or see the thing you've seen a hundred times. Well, there's something to be said for love
1: oh now, yeah so I, uh, um, I've got a stack of screeners at home like year end uh, uh, you know award screener stuff the stuff that I like quote unquote should see but like I talked about you know I've been things have been rough for me lately I've been in a bad place like a couple weekends ago a Friday night instead of watching any of these screeners or these awards movies I, I w- killed a hobo I, <laughs> now I watched uh, I watched David Mamet's Spartan starring Val Kilmer for maybe the dozenth time in yeah. my life and then s- that was Friday night Saturday night Watch it with the commentary on. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's good commentary. I had never listened to the commentary. Val before. Kilmer. I, uh, yeah, he's very funny. He's delightful. Have you ever seen Spartan? I have not. Oh, his, it's good stuff. Okay, his commentary is. Like, I didn't. I, I mean, I know he's been funny in things like Real Genius. I didn't know he was like.
2: I love funny, Val like Kilmer. In
1: per- like
2: he's well, real genius, and uh, and fucking top secret, of yeah, course. Right, right. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he's fucking great. Oh, right, yeah. he's, and and then Robert Downey Jr. is like two perfect foils, you know. And, yeah. and then to see him now, because it's funny, I'm I'm a huge Val Kilmer like whore. I'm, i mean I you know he, he, if he wanted to fuck me, I'd say, well, yeah, can we tape it? You know what I mean? Literally, because <laughs> uh, you see and you see him, he's put on weight and he's done. He's and he's making those movies that now are on at Showtime at like eleven o'clock at yeah. night. Um, but I don't care. I know he has great work still in him. You know what I can't wait. And we're going to talk about, I'm sure, uh, one of his greatest works uh, mm. coming up here. But I, I, man, I love Val Kilmer. I just, yeah. I just can't stress it enough. And I, I there was a, um, I wrote a chapter for a book, and in the, in the book, they asked us what movie would you cast, like in the future, something that you wanted. And I wanted them to make a Blood Meridian movie. I wanted Paul Thomas Anderson to make Blood Meridian mm-hmm. with Val Kilmer as the judge, and invested Val Kilmer as the judge like you know back and ready for for action and i because he could do it i know he could do it
0: well and you gotta see see spartan and you'll see like a hard-edged i mean it's mammoth so it's just this hard-edged character who like is just i mean he has a name officially uh i guess but he's not referred to that very uh, by that very often he's
1: just you don't really know what his job is you just know he gets shit done right and yeah but and then even when we find out what his name is it's It seems implied that that's like his... It could be like a cover anyway. It's probably not his real name. Um, But yeah, watch Spartan. But watch the commentary because... Uh, he's so funny. Like he's talking seriously about like the work and like about the research he did about like special ops guys and what they do, and then he'll just slip into without really changing his tone, just making fun of David Mamet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like okay, like he's saying saying, he wears saying a big that floppy like floppy hat and stuff. Yeah, and saying that like um, David Mamet's daughters are the real talent. And uh, like there's one part he's like he's like every night he just goes home and has his daughter at the scenes. And uh, we shot this one at night, so they were asleep, and that's why you see the hack work coming through. <laughs> oh, how <Yeah>. funny! It's <laughs> great. And then like every little part in the movie. He, he just like well as an aside say like oh that's uh, that's David David's brother's girlfriend's sister like or that's like it's <laughs> so like, funny he's like oh da- uh, David Mamet cast his rabbi in this role and then had me shoot him I don't know what that says <laughs> uh, yeah anyway, it's a great yeah, it's movie a very, and great commentary I'd never listened to the commentary before it was anyway and there is right. and there
0: is something about like yes the like the bosom of, of the familiar and just and I've, I've said it on the show before like I'd rather watch a good movie twice than a bad movie once Yeah, but at the same time I feel like i recognize that what we're trying to do with the show it's like well the bad movie can provide you with perspective as well and so i should be willing to do that but uh but yes Um, so it does make me uh happy at this point i have to fight through some of the melancholy but it does eventually make me happy to have seen something new uh whether it be even if it's 60 years old something new to me that i think is amazing
1: right now speaking of seeing new things okay um Mike, I was listening to your the most recent episode of your podcast, The 40-Year-Old okay. Boy, which yes. I guess came out today. I, or I listened to it today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about going to a screening of uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. And uh, now... It, you and I feel differently about the movie. I've never been a huge Wes Anderson fan, but that's not the part I, part I want to talk about. I want to talk about the part beforehand when you were in line, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you, were, you were talking about... Have you listened to the episode yeah. today? Okay, so you were talking about people... I have been listening to the whole episode. I got there, though. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. you're we talking about people who go to these kind of things, and talk loudly about their opinions about movies and they're such know-it-alls and and you talk about actually literally putting your fingers in your ears and making noises. Yes. And I want to tell you because I go to screenings multiple times a week, um I have sat in a chair in a screening room when I've gotten there early and done exactly that. Really? Yes, because ah, thank God. They're uh like I I love that I get to go go to these, but most of the other I don't know if the critics or other people who get to these screenings are insufferable to me. Yeah. I can't listen to them talk about movies. It's because, you know why, and again,
2: this gets to a larger picture, but we're here in Tyler's home doing a podcast about movies, Mm. which tells you a lot about the DIY that we've, uh, part of what we're doing, and everybody in the world has an opinion about Mm -hmm. movies or whatever. So the problem is, the people out there who think that you have to hear their opinion. I mean, we're doing a show and people can consume it or they don't have to. But when you're in a room sitting with a bunch of people and you're you're just there to enjoy a movie. That's all you... But I mean, I have been in screenings. I saw a screening of Rampart Uh uh, where these people... They were so wrong, and I even wrote it, because I wrote a review of it, and these people kept talking about how it was a true story, and how this there's a real character, and how they knew people on the Rampart Division, and how it was, I had a friend who was shaken down by them, and it, I'm, I'm going, I have the press notes in my hand. You have them, too. It says right in there, this is a composite character built off the life of the director, influenced by events. Like, it has, there's no truth whatsoever, but they, they're expounding, and and then the worst part... They're agreeing. Four people are all agreeing. That's oh yes. Yeah, so, well, I heard that, and and you're just sitting there waiting for it to stop. And I uh-huh. I literally put my fingers in my ears at Moonrise because again they were destroying all the movies. He destroyed Hitchcock, and he destroyed and you know because again they, they nobody. Unequivocally loves something and is willing to tell you how much they loved it and le- leave it alone. They have to, and again, I'm just as guilty about this. Mm-hmm. I will tell you something I loved and then go, but like, I, I, we sat down today, I told you about Skyfall. Mm-hmm. I loved Skyfall yesterday and then this morning I started to go, you know, uh, same with Dark Knight Rises. The day I saw Dark Knight Rises I walked out of there and I, I did a podcast with a friend and I said, I really loved it. And then I said, but I have some questions. And it turns out I have like 80 questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not good. It's I, you know, I, I, I'll go ahead and use your your movie podcast now to take it back i i'm disappointed in dark knight rises yeah. i am i just am and you know um, i watched
1: it again recently um and for like for maybe the first two-thirds of it i was going oh this holds up better than i remembered and then it just so falls apart for me in the last yeah. act.
2: there are four like absolute deal breakers in that movie if you if you want to because you get Outlook, Look, it's a guy who dresses like a bat, and he's rich, and he has a cave. I mean, all that shit you can just go whatever, that's fine. But but then there's stuff that's even not plausible within that universe, and that's when you start going, oh boy, you know. Yeah. And then and then it falls apart on on its face. And I gave it benefit of the doubt when I saw it because I wanted to love it as much as I could, um, and because Dark Knight Returns is so ridiculously good, it, there was a lot of that that even that influenced me into liking Rises. I mean, because I, I remembered my memories of Returns. Um, you know, so I, I, or I, I'm with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just you, you go to those things, and people sit there, and they deconstruct things, and yeah. they sit there, and they talk as if er, their opinions matter at and all. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I, I wanted to like say like like to to people like that. I would love to say like you know that people can hear you, but then I realized oh the, yes, they know yes, what the that's can, what they that's want. That's why they're doing. Yes, it's it's uh, exhausting.
0: And I and I do recognize that. Yes, I mean ostensibly we're doing the same thing with the with the uh, and we presume that uh, people want to hear this uh now admittedly we do have reason to presume that because of our numbers but uh <laughs> yeah, but, but, but those people
1: choose they, they've chosen they, they've yeah, put, yeah they, they put, they put their, they their dot com slash pretension or, or slash, slash 40, 40 uh, earbuds <laughs> in and, and and they and, and they listen and uh, so on
0: purpose but there is there is you know ultimately like when you when you do this and you're and you're uh, aspiring to do it uh, professionally and all that like there is there is, I guess there doesn't have to be, it's not required that you try to be humble, but recognizing that like, yeah, why would I ever speak definitively on on this thing? That doesn't mean you can't have an, an official opinion of like, I loved this or I, I didn't like this. But at the same time, recognizing like, well, that's just, ba- that is based on my personal opinion, which I've come to from the the classes i happened to take in college there are a bunch i didn't and the experiences i happen to have in life and then my personal temperament you can you put those together and this is and this is how i've taken this movie other people exactly the opposite and so it's just like this is there is room for for subjectivity and embracing that as opposed to like laying down the law yeah and uh and so i feel like hopefully on this show we can be hyperbolic at times when we try to make a joke of it but ultimately like i never have more fun on the show than you when you and i just basically dance around a topic and ask a lot of questions and mm-hmm. explore things that we haven't thought about and it's fun and exciting and we come to no conclusion at the end <laughs> so <laughs>
1: um i want I, this isn't exactly the thing that we were talking about about people like talking about other movies and these screenings but um the kind of person I'm talking about, I, I went to a screening, this was I guess almost a year ago now, of uh, The Woman in Black, the uh, horror film starring Daniel Daniel mm-hmm. Radcliffe. And um, uh, literally, the second the credits started, the guy in front of me stood up, turned to his friends and said, no points for Gryffindor. Like... Oh, I, I hated that guy so much oh. cuz he You hadn't told
0: me that story before. That's awful.
1: Um I tweeted about it for like an hour. Um, <laughs> but uh he like to me he clearly he probably had that in his head that afternoon. Yeah, when he walked in. He sure. had it in yeah. his
0: head the minute he saw the trailer for that <laughs> probably, film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he
1: just couldn't wait to get that out. And I uh the the worst person in the world. Yes. <laughs> um Anyway, we'll move on. I, but I did. Want, I, I forgot to mention. This is reminding me. We. we I said you haven't been on the show in, in a year, but I've seen you more recently. Last time I saw you yes. was at the uh, press screening of VHS, right? Which I turned around after the first segment, and you weren't there anymore. <laughs> um,
0: uh,
2: yeah, my wife and I went, and I was planning to review it and watch it. I. I. I really enjoy horror films, although, I, I, again, age is a persistent uh, topic for me. I, I find myself growing out of them to where. I, you know, I genuinely want to be frightened, I want to be mm-hmm. scared, and i I may have just grown out of being scared I mean although you know there are some things like you know there was some neat stuff in the Paranormal Activity three that I saw, and uh, like like when I saw the trailer for saw, I was so excited, but then it it was less scary than it was evil in your face kind of right. you know and i don 't know i, I don 't know what I 'm looking for, but in that movie, I was excited because it had a lot of buzz from sundance and a, and a, a ton of buzz from uh, other festivals and and so I said, well. They were reinventing horror, and I'm like, all right, well, let's check it out, 'cause I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. And uh, <laughs> the movie started, and in the first five minutes, I became sick, uh-huh. physically ill, because it's all handheld. It's all point of view shots, and it was guys wilding, and they pulled up some girl's shirt in a parking lot, and they're in a building with no lights. The only lights are the lights on the camera, so it's essentially a bunch of coal miners running through a hallway <laughs> and smashing windows and beating up doors, and then they then they film each other getting baked kind high, and And then they have to find a videotape in this other and uh I, I, before they even got into the meat of the stories, the wraparound story. Uh-huh. I was sick. I couldn't look at the screen. And I've had this happen before. The first time it ever happened to me was Speed. Uh, when they were doing handheld running stuff, Keanu Reeves' movie, I, I I started to get nauseous. And I'm going, what's going on? This is weird. And I had to look away from the screen. And it's happened a few times since. Cloverfield, I, I stared at the ground virtually the entire film. I would, I'd peek up occasionally. And even worse was, uh, there was a movie called Quarantine uh-huh. that I think... Was really good. It was, uh, but I couldn't focus on the screen. I couldn't watch it because of the running and the, and the handheld point of view stuff. It started. It just drove me crazy.
1: That's by the way. It's a remake. It's a remake of a Spanish film called Rec R E C. Yeah. Um. And uh, Rec is yeah. rightly gets a lot of praise but i i think it's a a good remake i thought it was really
2: what i did see and from hearing and paying attention to the plot i loved it i I really enjoyed it i just couldn't watch the fucking thing i couldn't you know 45 minutes i'm staring at the ground and it also happened you know what's funny though blair witch project not at all didn't bother me at all until i watched it at my house and i had a 60 inch tv in my house Uh and i got sick in my own house watching Mm -hmm. it on the tv screen so i have an inner ear thing i just i can't watch those things so vhs i wouldn't know if it was good or bad or anything that first segment you, uh, all, right, uh, all right. Have you talked about it on here?
1: Uh, no, I wrote a review for the website. Okay.
2: And the first segment is those is three douchebag bros who uh, somehow the conceit is they have a pair of glasses with a camera in it. And they're going to go out and get a girl and then have sex with her and film it through the glasses. Well, the whole point of view then is told through the guy with the glasses and he's walking. And t- it's essentially a head mounted camera. Uh-huh. And that's even worse than handheld because that's moving faster than, than any, you know, cause your whole body's moving, holding the camera. It's right. one thing, but his head is making quick turns and looking at people walk by and it was fucking crazy. It was like being, if you were like inside of John Malkovich's head, watching his real life happen in front of you, it was that mm-hmm. fast. And though, and, and also you hated the main characters yeah. so much, you, you wanted know. them to die. I spent the entire time going, please die. Just die <laughs> uh-huh. soon. Uh, and I've I've hijacked this, but but yeah. So anyway, that's when I, I last saw you, and I bailed. I, yeah. I I looked at Karen, and I said I can't be here, and she said, Well, you want to go? I said, I, I yeah. And I threw up. I yeah, walked yeah. out into the bathroom. I threw up, uh, and we left. I was just like, I'm sorry, honey, and she's like, That's okay, and she's used to it at this point. But and we and I actually texted you afterwards. I think or Twittered with you and, and I, to find out how the rest of the movie was because I I had heard again, reinventing horror. It was really good. It's amazing, but I could not get through that first. 20 30 minutes
1: it's not i think if you get your hands on the dvd and watch the last couple segments although that last one which is one of the best is also pretty shaky um they're worth it but uh, as a as a whole it's not a very good
2: film. I which is weird. Are people just looking so much for a horror savior that <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Because I mean if you want to see something go watch Pan's Labyrinth and see and see the you know the the I don't even know the name of the creature but with the hands and the the eyes and the hands the, what are they the called? pale man the pale, the pale man. man. Yeah yeah. Go watch that. That's our friend friend of the show Doug Jones. Yeah, oh, is he? Yeah. yeah, fantastic work everything he does. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so so that's that the atmospheric tone set in that scene alone is is infinitely more creepy or scary than anything i've seen in a horror movie in five ten years i no. mean and it's probably I, on me again i don't know if i'm getting older and outgrowing them or, or it's just gone the way of the handheld and the found humor and the found footage mm-hmm. but i i don't know i, I can't figure well, it out
1: I, I also think ty west's the innkeepers um which i just saw is, for the first time like a month ago is fantastic uh, but also you didn't like it i think I,
0: I don't know if that's the one i saw i saw it's a got movie, our friend
1: pat healy in it uh Okay, where they're they're uh, it's a, at a at a hotel that's closing. It's its last weekend open. I saw it. Yeah, yeah,
2: I didn't. I, I saw it at the L.A. Film Festival uh, okay. two years ago, I think. And uh, yeah, for me, mm, yeah, I yeah, loved it. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad. And, but, but
1: then Ty West did. Um, I liked one of the segments end. in the VHS. In VHS, he did, and I didn't care much for that one.
2: I see. Yeah, I liked the end uh, of Innkeepers. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that, but
1: uh, it still creeps
0: me out. Oddly enough, like uh, a movie like that with <laughs> with someone I know in it. Uh, yeah. It seems strange that I would that it would have me so so uh, firmly, but uh, but that ending. And what's more, uh, the old man okay. uh-huh. is Jode Kressple- Kressbeckler of the Kressbeckler <laughs> stance on the Onion yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, TV network, yeah. and so such a ridiculous character. But then he plays, Yeah. and then then you're just like, oh yeah, actors, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they can play other things. Yep. Um, and he's just so. Like some of the imagery is just so thoroughly like, oh shit, man! Like yeah. that got me, and uh, to the, and even now, like uh, when I walk to the back of the building late at night at like three a.m. to go do laundry, uh, I don't expect Jode Kressbeckler to jump out from behind a <laughs> wall, right. but it is that kind of thing. Like you know, it, it, the, like the creepiness is so much more effective for me than just like jump scares and stuff sure. like that, and uh, and that is a movie that I found to be genuinely creepy especially yeah. that ending i did i
2: did the like ending, ending. I, re- I thought was strong yeah because the, the the you know for the because it was A Q&A with the director and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff and also by the way we talk about insufferable people uh-huh. go to any q a with a director or anybody i, I went and saw or not yeah because yeah. i saw a 40 inch chest is that
0: mm, uh 44 44 inch chest, chest.
2: Yeah. and a q a with uh 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 fucking elsewhere engine ian mcshane ian mcshane and just the stammering and the you know and well when you did this it's literally that sketch come to life every time I see anybody do a Q and A with a director and it, I didn't I, I bailed on Moonrise Kingdom I, I just said I can't sit here because again I'm not you guys you know what I, mean? I I do love movies I love to go see them I love to experience them. But I, I don't need to know what Wes Anderson was thinking when he put something I, together. I prefer not
1: to. Do you know I, yeah, yeah, I find yeah. myself increasing. I think maybe as a younger man I would have definitely been into uh, uh, was into like director's opinions. But now I almost I almost avoid knowing what the creative person was thinking because I want to th- I want to have my own opinion about.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds almost somehow egotistical, I'm more interested in what I think of it than what he meant to do.
2: <laughs> I, I know what you mean. You're exactly right because that, you know and I bet he would be too. I hope so. I, I, I bet you he would be interested to hear what you thought. I mean, granted he has a certain amount of hubris or arrogance to what he did and said I put together what I wanted to put together mm. but he'd be much more interested to hear what your reaction was I think than to find out if how you felt about what he did d- during the filming. So, like,
0: I think the theory is that, like he should have the freedom to make whatever film he wants. I should have the freedom to think whatever I want about it. Yeah. And, once i start figure once i start finding out what he wanted to do it's like oh no i don't get my freedom anymore not that he's taking it away from me yeah. cuz if i if i ask him then that's that's on me but Barney's like no 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 like like because then you're judging based on what he, how he accomplished his goals as opposed to what you thought his goals were, which you can only get from the film. Like I think I, I read a several books about Orson Welles. Uh, I guess now I have to read a lot of books about Altman. But the uh,
2: <laughs> and David Lean apparently.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. And so, uh, and one of the things he just said is he's like just watch watch my movies. Like that's all you. Get. And it was like this long interview book, and he just kept coming back to that, and he kept not wanting to answer questions, and he's just like just watch the movies, you'll you'll get it. It's That's fine. Great. So no, I,
2: Let me ask you this, okay. because we've all kind of agreed that we would rather feel what we feel about the film than find out what he intended with the film. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that attitude lends itself to your audience, the certain segment who thinks your arrogance supersedes what you're trying to do? You know, you said people are, are accusing you of having you didn't see... Uh, the Bishami movie, and right, you haven't yeah, seen right. this, and and you're you're so arrogant. How dare you foist your opinions on anyone? Well, do you think then just the idea of saying, well, I don't really care what the director thought; I care about what I felt about it. Does that just play into this horrible stereotype these people have of us that we don't care enough about movies?
0: It could, except that I extend it to you as well. Like I don't care; I care less what the director intended than what i thought about it and what you thought what you thought about it. really what anybody thought about it. it's not merely me i'm so great it's <laughs> the viewer i see um
1: yeah, yeah but me I specifically do i mean i went to film school but i,
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, I, just, I have I, a shelf of books look behind you <laughs> <laughs>
1: i, I yeah, i'm more interested in reading other like other reviews or other sort of just discussions about a movie than reading again what the what the director thought yeah uh so yeah it's not just about my opinion only i 'm just saying what Tyler just said, just backing yeah. it up, right,
0: yeah, real quick. how
1: long have we' been gone uh forty five minutes you want to just uh <laughs> skip the topic yeah <laughs> i don't know Are you Did okay you, with that with-
2: yeah well I wanted to talk about this okay. uh originally you, you sent me a topic because i didn 't know what the topic was until a week ago we you mm-hmm. had, you had always vaguely assumed or alluded to us doing this, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine, but I didn't know. And then a week ago, you told me about it, and I, I said, eh, okay, I could probably get my way through it if you held my hand a little bit on it, mm-hmm. um, because I thought your topic was very broad, right? And I, and I wasn't sure how I was going to be able, how much I was going to be able to bring to the table on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here, forty five minutes in, we haven't even gotten to it, but yeah. but then <laughs> I get in my car. I just want you guys to know this. I get in the car and I get a, I have a text from Tyler. I don't know when you
0: sent it uh, on the on the way here for yeah, this it was, show. It was pretty. Because it's it, as should, I was, it as I was making my notes, yeah, and then did I was just like,
1: "Now, what the topic was supposed to
0: be?" Or sure, it? and if we want to dip into it, why not? Yeah. Oh, well, what was it? Uh, it was. It started out as cop movies. And then I, uh, just like movies in which, like, about cops right. or whatever, and, so and I, then I amended it. Well,
2: okay, yeah, well, it was cop movies, which I thought was broad, but in my head I went, well, I can I can wing on that, that's yeah. fine. What I was worried about was not having the depth of knowledge you would need to fill out an entire show about cop movies. Mm-hmm. I know what I like, I know what I've seen, and then you guys are going to have to start talking about fucking, you know, Kurosawa and Hard Boiled and everything else, you know what I mean? Uh but oh, see, then- I
1: thought it was just movies with cop in the title. <laughs> cop and a half, <laughs> cop land, super cop, kindergarten cop. <laughs>
2: So, so I, but I felt I could contribute at least. Mm -hmm. Then I hit my car. I I take my phone out of my, my fucking pocket, and it says, "Hey, Mike, we thought about just having it be your favorite cops in movies."
0: I wasn't sure which one would be better for you.
2: So, well, wait a minute. You've just taken the realm of cop movies, which I could absolutely, I could surf right through it with you two doing the heavy lifting. Okay. All right. And I can contribute maybe, uh, but then my favorite, so now I get to know the names of the cops from movies. Are you kidding? How fucking, why not just favorite shirts worn in films by police officers? How specific do you want to be? So then I, I literally got in the car and I went, oh no. I said, I'll deal with it when I get there, but I, I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah, get that sorry specific. About that.
0: And, and, uh, like, but I, I love the I fact that you tri- thought
2: that was a healthy change. Uh, yeah. Hold on.
0: Yeah, I I just thought it was, uh, it, and it and it came about from like me just online doing research and being like, okay, what are some some cop movies? And then I but then I started thinking about like, oh, like in the heat of the night, like Bill Gillespie and that. That's not strictly speaking a cop movie, but I do like that character and I want to talk about him. All right. I'm calling it. What? <laughs> it
2: was one of those. So. Well, I ran into that thinking about cop movies. Like, I started to think about guys who, uh, you know, because there are cop movies, and then there are authority figures mm. in films who are not police officers, but they might be FBI agents, or they might be Secret Service, or they might be all that. Because there are, you know, characters that I love in movies that I love, and then I thought about it, and I go, well, that's not a cop. I mean, is that really going to... That was what I meant when I said, I don't know how much I'm going to bring to the table here. Does it have to be a badge-carrying dude, or or is it just someone with a gun?
1: Is uh, your idea. I, Yeah, uh, can we talk about in the line of fire,
0: or or is that? I tried to keep it for myself. I tried to keep it to anybody who has police. Okay, it could be state police departed. You know, super um, troopers, super troopers, if you will. Sure, um, I'm, I'm on board. I loved it. Uh, yeah, loved a great it movie.
1: I haven't seen it in years, but I, I, I hadn't seen in it years it until recently. Again, hold the up? movies holds up. oh
2: Farva, so I, how does Farva not hold up? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I saw it. I, I tell this story often. I was on the road in we were in New Mexico, no uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> El Paso, Texas. Okay, it all looks the fucking same. <laughs> so Pardo and I are there in a condo, and we're just we're looking for shit to do. And we go to the the comedy place, and we take some comedy films. They had they have guys with their demo tapes trying to get uh-huh. booked. So we take about 10 of those to laugh at those. And then, uh, and then we grab Super Troopers. It happened to be, one of the guys had it there at work and we watched it. And again, it doesn't seem like a movie I would ever care for or like. Uh-huh. And he and I laughed like like idiots, like 10 year olds just laughed at the entire fucking thing. And the shenanigans scene, I still do this. <laughs> way, yeah, to this day, we do it. Fucking 10 years later at poker, we'll do it. It's so great. So
0: great. I, I'm such it, a sucker for that meow thing. Oh God. <laughs> it's, it's so juvenile, but I love it so much. Yeah. What yeah. works
1: about that movie to me, <laughs> if I can get like all like I know, a- being academic about comedy kills it but there's a thing that like i remember someone uh on some podcast like asking paul f tompkins like advice about how to uh like just advice as a stand-up comic And, and one of the things he said is um with any premise you come up with ask yourself is that really all i can get out of this like How much further can I take this? And that's what I like about Super Troopers is there's funny premises like set pieces and then it keeps getting weirder from there or there's like little, there's little like just lines. You know, it's funny that like uh, Farva, Farva's idea of a prank is to put a bar of soap in the coffee. Yeah. But then he goes, holy shit, I got you good, you fucker. Yeah. It's gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's funny because I, because that's kind of how I run my podcast to get, to make it my own. I mean, I don't. I will just talk and Mm -hmm. just... it's. I would say it's the closest thing you're going to hear to a stand-up trying to create bits Mm -hmm. because I will come up with something and I will just continue to talk about it until I'm done talking about it and try to find a much... As much humor, I ring it much at you know, any angle I can find, mm-hmm. and, and I, I find it to be interesting and liberating. It's, it's so much fun to do. It's so fun to do that.
0: Uh, real quick, so David and I somewhat recently put out a four-hour episode uh, with uh, Josh Fadim. It was like <laughs> three hours and 50 minutes.
2: Does it? Wait a minute. All right, hold on. Okay. Isn't Josh your enemy? Not your guys' but your audience's enemy?
1: There is st- uh, there, Sometimes. No, there, I would say... Um, I'd say most of our listeners are big fans of Josh because they recognize that he's A, hilarious, and B, knows a lot about movies, probably more More than we do. do. Um, But there is a very vocal minority who finds him obnoxious. Yeah, Yeah, because I've done the live
0: shows. They find him kind of a kind of the heel at times oh, in, in wrestling terms because if, if you get him in a certain mood yeah. he'll just be like boring <laughs> like about a movie he's not interested in it's just like okay I guess we're not talking about that movie he's just
2: funny I mean it's like, literally you can't argue with funny because yeah. when we do the live show and he would do whatever he, you know, nonsense he was going to do yeah. and, uh, and you, would, you would always come and you'd go people hate him it's Josh Fadum I'm like wait a minute what? <laughs> uh, so it always came a running thing and so in my head I just went well, well I love the fact that you kept having him on and oh, yeah. Even though I'm apparently there was this, else. And we this will subset of your listeners who yeah. can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they don't dictate to us. Yeah, yeah. sure. You um, hear that? But yeah, so we had this super long episode, and we were just, and we were thinking, like, ah, oh, we could, we maybe we should s- split it up. And I was like, and I think you had just put out, like, a four-hour episode, and I was just like, well, I like four-hour episodes of, of Mike's show, so you know what? What the hell? Let's, let's see what we can do. <laughs> and we got more compliments about that episode than any other show. We got nobody saying it was bad. Oh, really? Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, uh, so. There, there are, are you, people. Are you out in there. for like another three hours? Done. Let's <laughs> do <laughs> it. Yeah. Right.
2: Let's tackle this topic. Every single character. Here is <laughs> another movie. My mom woke me up for. I actually there is one. Naked Prey. Cornell Wilde. Never God saw. It. Never saw. Oh, dude. All right. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, Naked Prey. It's a, a bunch of white people in Africa, and uh, then they get caught by some uh, natives, and then the natives. Uh, there's nobody can speak with the uh, the natives, and then the natives start doing. They take. They separate them. I'm going to give this away. Fuck it. I have to tell you because it's in my head. Okay. Uh, my mom, again, wakes me up to watch this movie. Uh, the, the white people get captured by the natives and they get separated. And you see over the, and they start cutting away to what they're doing. One of them, they're painting him like all the women have them and they're painting him and they're putting feathers all over one of the white guys and another of the white guys, they hogtie him and they put him in a ring of fire with a cobra. And then the other guy, then they cut to another guy and uh, they have him sitting Indian style and they're just covering him in mud. And he's just sitting there, and he's like, because they can't move. they got spears and all that stuff. So they keep cutting to the guy. So then they finally cut to the guy with the feathers. And he's got feathers and paint all over him. He has his hands tied behind his back and his feet tied together, and poles slid through the the holes in his arms Mm -hmm. and his legs. And uh, behind him, everyone has spears, and he has to hop. From one place to the other, they start him and he has to hop and they're following him with the spears. And if he falls, which he eventually does, they all, everybody in the tribe stabs him. Just stabs him to death In front of all the other Because nobody knows What's happening And then that happens Everybody goes What the fuck So then the cobra Is in the The cobra can't escape The ring of fire Because there's flame right. So it has to keep Turning around to the guy Whose face is exposed His hands And his, he's hog tied And uh, the cobra Spits venom in his eye And then bites his face And then right. he dies And then they cut over To the guy with the mud And they're still Putting mud on him And you don't Like well whatever Mud And then uh, Cornell Wilde Is taken off to the side Then Again it's all quick cuts They cut to a fire, and they are turning a spit, and on the spit is the guy in the mud, and you hear him screaming. He's alive, being cooked alive in a, in in a, a, basically a giant kiln that they made out of the mud. They've covered him in mud and they're cooking him, and he's like this muffled. He's I'm, as a child again. I'm what the, what the hell? Because they keep cutting to the mud. You're like, what's happening, mud? And then he has straws in his nose and in his mouth so he can breathe. Uh they've covered him completely with mud, but put straws in there, and then they're cooking him over a fire alive. And then they strip Cornel Wilde naked, and they send him, uh, they give him like an hour head start, and they send five of their best warriors to catch him as a tribal Mm rite. And that's where the movie picks up. (laughs) (laughs) Literally literally like that, all that other stuff happens in like the first 30 to 40 minutes, and then there's like an hour and a half of Cornel Wilde trying to evade through the desert of Africa naked, trying to Uh, get away from these warriors. How old were you? Uh, Christ what am I in maybe the word I think too young <laughs> <laughs> maybe that I'm too young now <laughs> I, I literally it was on TiVo and I fucking watched it and it held up it held up great yeah. it's amazing and uh Zavudi, when you watch it, remember that Zavudi. That's yeah, I, when we were right. kids. I remember that all the time. Oh,
0: but uh, that's yeah, very disturbing.
2: But yeah, yeah. But, and my mom, like, my yeah. thing. <laughs> she loved, rough. and I love the fact that Ch- what is Channel Nine showing late at night? For fuck's sake, <laughs> all these movies everybody hates, <laughs> psychological scarring in the middle of the night. But yeah, I, I, so yeah, that's a great movie, Naked Prey.
1: What are the cops? You got there?
0: Okay, I've got have got a whole bunch. All right, let's let's do this. Uh, one thing that I noticed. Uh, is that nine times out of ten, and this is something I find fascinating, so we tend to like movies about cops because they 're like hey they're you know they 're the the thin blue line between us and and chaos you know, and they have to uphold the law they're they 're what keeps us from uh from just going crazy, and yet Nine times out of ten, the cops that we all like are the ones that will dismiss the law immediately, oh yeah, yeah, and just'll do what, and part <laughs> of it is just like that seems contradictory, like there's really only a handful on my list here that do things legally, <laughs> and now admittedly they're kind of awesome, like a like a Marge Gunderson from fargo yeah but uh but then you get like of course, you know dirty Harry and that sort of thing, and just and, and it's just like, oh, this seems wrong and I, and I feel like there's a there's some kind of thesis paper in there somewhere about like why we're attracted to What's people it? who uphold this, but then in doing so Completely subvert it.
2: Yeah, it's the anti-hero I mean, it's just it's, yeah. everybody's drawn to that, you know. And even on television shows and courtroom shows, and there's always the lawyer who doesn't take any guff from a job Everybody's always rooting for that guy who's willing to skirt and go outside the bounds. And and that's why we now torture uh, enemy combatants because everybody went, oh yeah, I guess it's okay to do that. You know, they oh. as long as it gets the job done. And somehow we made this weird leap. And I'm not going to go there, but you know what I'm <laughs> saying.
1: Well, I um I won't uh go into any detail, but I've seen. I got to see Zero Dark Thirty the other day. Oh, nice. Um, which is not a cop movie, obviously, but it is about an investigation, has the torture and all that stuff. And it it does, in a very sort of realistic, like, you know, uh, way, Jessica Chastain's character is that character who's who's the, I don't know, like the loose cannon or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, the the, the renegade. Uh, and and it manages to make that feel very realistic and immediate. And the movie is over two and a half hours long, which I did not see coming. Wow. But uh doesn't feel it. It's re- it's really good, but
2: I welcome really I welcome that now. I because I, I saw Lincoln is two and a half hours, and uh, I'm going to see Silver Linings Playbook in the morning, and that's that's two hours and fifteen minutes. Skyfall was over two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of embracing that, you know. I, I for me, if you have something to say, I don't care how long it takes you to say it, as long as you're telling me something the entire time you're telling me stuff.
1: Yeah, you know no, what I, I mean. I, I, it, when it's good, it's 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 good. Yeah, that rises. On the other hand, maybe it didn't need to be. Probably yeah, it could, could have lost another 45 minutes out of it,
2: <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, and also, but well, if you tell me a better story in that same amount of time yeah. and you explain how he fixed his broken back with push-ups, and you explain <laughs> why that one bald blind guy never moved from his spot leaning against the cage in over <laughs> weeks at a time. Uh, if you explain how he got out of the pit in the ground and then wound up in Gotham City with no money and no weapons and no travel and no, I'm Bruce Wayne and I, literally, there's if you explain those things and take use better have better use of your time, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm willing to allow you that I'm, I'll sit in a theater like you said you did a four hour episode and people mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. I will watch a four hour movie if you are keeping me entertained and telling me the story you want to tell me.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. I think uh, Ebert had said that uh, he said that like a. Be- uh, a bad movie is never short enough, and a long movie is never long enough. Uh-huh. Um, that I uh, mean, a good movie is. I'm sorry, a good movie is never long enough, and a bad mo- movie is never short enough. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's one of those things that just like, you know, and and. Uh, I'm gonna say some nice things about you real, real quick, Mike. Uh, those four-hour episodes. I, I thought
1: you were gonna say something nice about me.
0: What? I thought you were gonna say something nice about me for a second. Episode th- <laughs> 300 comes along. I'll get really maudlin okay. and I'll say nice, nice things. Anyway, <laughs> um, but no, like one of the things that I like about your show, like those four-hour episodes, it's weird. Like i en- like it's like, man, this is great. It's like it's been going for a while, but man, this is really, really great. And then the minute you say, like, you guys can get me a mic, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> really? And then, of course, there's a half hour left. <laughs> Still, yeah, but, yeah. but nonetheless, like, that at, least, that, that at least signals that there will be a shift and that the story we've been hearing is over, yeah. uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then there will be a shift into something else, which is perfectly fine. But it is one of those things where you're just like, oh, I, I could have gone for another hour. And even if, the sh- even if the story is, like, wrapped up tight, it's just like, well, clearly that's, that's where the story needs to end. But it is one of those things. It's just like there are movies where once it's over, it's just like that's where it sh- I do understand that's where it should end. And yet, maybe they could turn it into a mini series or something. Yeah, like that would yeah. be great. <laughs> um, so it's just yeah, like I, I Dark Knight Rises. Like I, it's I find it extremely watchable. Um, because yeah, it's, it, still, it, Nolan, he it's still Nolan. It's puts a good the
2: movie bad together. movie. It's <laughs> I, it's I, I, my friend uh, Graham said that it was the. Uh, is there a fucking Tupac biggie thing with you and them?
1: I mean, we hate how them. Many I, yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, we, I we, keep
2: avoiding saying them, and I don't know if I'm supposed oh, to.
1: No, they're they're friends of the show. All right, we, yeah, we know right. we're better than they are. Okay. Right?
2: Yeah, i not getting be... <laughs> involved.
0: They'll probably be back on the show in uh, like January. Good. So we can so,
1: again show them how it's done. Damn right.
2: <laughs> so, so Graham, when he and I discussed the film on their show, he said it's. I, I, I think it took him a while to come around on that because he was very he's very Batman blind. Uh, But he actually said, you know, hey, it's the it's the best movie with flaws you'll see this year. Like that, that was how strong he was willing to say it. That was about as as much as I was going to get out of him to to admit that there was problems with it. Okay, because you know, and I think I'd like to talk to him about it now. Upon further reflection, but it it just yeah. So I hear what you're saying. I I think
1: just going off what you just said. I think the best movie that is also very flawed this year is still The Avengers for me. And I think the difference is. Um, well I think the Avengers is better than Dark Knight Rises overall but Dark Knight Rises falls apart at the end whereas the Avengers for me it's problem is that it took too long to get going so it actually ends on it's strongest note so that's why maybe I remember it better yeah. than I do Dark Knight Rises because I walk out going like yeah Damn you know right. the yeah. Hulk that was awesome uh, <laughs> yeah. because it builds up it, it does. I mean, the Avengers is also 2 hours and 25 minutes or something it's and, pretty long, yeah. and really takes about 45 to 50 minutes to get all the Avengers in one room and to start being good. Which I still don't mind but that's me.
2: I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, right. I, I to me Avengers is the best comic book movie ever made. Right. Only because I don't think Dark Knight Returns is a comic book movie. I, I've said it's it's mm-hmm. the, the Departed and Batman's in it. You the know Dark I mean? Knight. Yeah. Right. From I oh. keep saying Returns, right?
0: right. Yeah. Batman, Batman returns.
2: returns. is That's Val Kilmer, I think.
0: Yeah, that's Batman B- Forever. Uh, Batman, yeah, returns Batman Returns is... Is Danny DeVito. Oh, okay. the Penguin. Yeah, yeah, and One of the best bits of casting in <laughs> cinema history. Um, um, but, uh, and oddly enough, the now that you bring up uh, uh, Dark Knight and all that, uh, I uh, do... We don't I, have more to say about the Avengers? I do love that movie. Are
2: there any good cops I in did there? Love I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I did, too. It's funny. You just seemed like you were kind of shying away from being... Oh, no, it's still in my it.
1: top ten, but I'm saying, I think... Um,
2: I thought it was fantastic. But, but the I, thing that
1: Graham was saying uh, to you about it being about Dark Knight Rises being right. the best flawed movie, I still think if, I, if I'm thinking about the Avengers objectively, I still can find a lot of flaws, especially in that first act. But, but, but flaws I I, in
2: in movies, or flaws in uh, a world where a god has come to Earth to fight everybody? I, I mean, seriously.
1: I, I think the flaw the flaws are in the uh, the pacing of that of that first act and the way that. Um, uh, and this is maybe a, a personal thing with me i am kind of uh almost allergic to movies that are clearly um are like obviously being a part of a franchise while they're happening like i want i'm okay with there being a franchise but i want the movie to be the movie while it's happening not a commercial for the other movies or whatever and i felt like the introduction of the characters and and each little section and they get the the shield section, and by the time like the the I've said this before, I think um, recently when the when the helicarrier like comes out of the ocean, I'm thinking, am I just watching a series of commercials for the toys that are going to come out? <laughs> and yeah. it's not until they're all together and you can kind of and, and the the previous movies don't matter anymore, and you don't feel them working toward the next movies. Once it's actually all happening, that's when I really like it.
0: And this mm. is where and this is where uh, because we. <clears throat> We won't give uh, all the uh, the behind-the-curtain decision-making, but uh, we decided to write two articles about the Avengers. Two reviews. Two reviews. Uh, Mine was the culmination the, it was the culmination of a franchise his was it was the beginning of a new franchise i see and uh and it's so, yeah, it, taking
1: two different texts and i think it worked pretty well yeah so we i think go read well you're both
2: you're both right i'll read them i mean i could you're right. both exactly shut up yeah you're both you're both right i mean i absolutely it just it was the end point of of five and then the beginning mm-hmm. of one which will stand. and i i saw the trailer
0: yesterday for iron man three uh, Sh- uh shane black Dude. dude, writer director, like I think that's gonna give it the shot in the arm it needs. Yeah, let's talk about Lethal Weapon while we're talking about cop movies and
2: Shane Black. I've never seen a Lethal Weapon film.
1: And well you mentioned Kiss Kits Kits Bang Bang. What the fuck
2: are you talking about? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, dude. No. Sorry. No. no. Yeah. Wait a minute. And you're the guy who wanted to talk about cop movies? And you haven't seen the cop movie? I've seen French Connection. Oh please. Uh, yes, yeah, brilliance, of course. But come on, Martin Riggs. You don't know who Martin Riggs is? No. You don't know from Martin Riggs, and you're gonna talk R- cop movies. Riggs
0: and Murtaugh. I get it. Oh <laughs> Dude, I, I saw, can't believe I I'm saw here. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon One. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not. I'm not kidding.
2: You know what? You you have to watch it and write two reviews of that of the okay. beginning and, right. and and
0: chastising yourself for not having seen it. For a minute, I thought you were going to say you need to watch it and then write on a chalkboard like a million times. Like uh, yeah, yeah, you know, do I'm, that. I should have seen this ten years ago. I we swear to God,
2: watch, um, I, we should pause and watch it now. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I can't believe you haven't seen it.
1: I think we should set a date in the future for you to come back. Tyler and I will watch. All four Lethal Weapon movies. Right. And we'll do a Lethal Weapon episode. You can watch then,
2: one, two, and four. We can skip three. Um, and and, and then I and then seen we'll them watch. Since I
1: was like, I, I don't really, and I probably maybe even only saw them on TV, so I haven't even seen like the full R rated version of the Lethal Weapon movies. So I'm also, uh, but, uh, I love 48 hours, and I think I would take 48 hours over Lethal Weapon.
2: Dude, I, I, oh, God. <laughs> All right. 40 hours is amazing. All right. Okay, it's it's really that, great. Let,
1: let me see if I can,
0: uh, yeah, I, I don't think I can redeem myself here. Um, <laughs> you
2: can't. I no offense, but I mean, if you wanted to talk cop movies, and you haven't seen F- *Lethal Weapon*, which is which I love is Nark. just *Narc*. Amazing *Narc*. *Narc* is so
0: good. <laughs> I know that doesn't redeem me, but but, uh, for,
2: but for even for but just for pop culture and and inventing the the buddy cop movie the non funny buddy cop movie with like with snark in it. I, 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 cause I mean, you know, 48 hours is, is just flat funny. Yeah. And it, and also it's the cop and convict, mm-hmm. but, but Martin rings, the character of Martin rings, it just, it gets to who Mel Gibson is as a guy. I mean like you, <laughs> w- when everybody sees Mel Gibson now acting like a psychopath, you're just like, Oh, so lethal weapon was a documentary. I mean, really he's the movie opens. I, I ah oh, dude, I I can't, well, let me ask you this. I, like, like, no, and, this, and, this, man.
0: and there's like a seri- I'm sorry. And there's like a serious question. Um, because I do, want to, I, I do want to see it, and I happen to notice it's on uh, Netflix. Put Watch David Watch Lean Insta.
2: down. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. But uh, uh, Shuffle that hundred up. <laughs> yeah. But uh, is it is it an instance where, like, because now I've seen a lot of movies that one could say were derived from Lethal Weapon. Do you think if I were to return to it now that I wouldn't enjoy it as much as, like, you would, like, when you saw it originally?
2: I, um... If you give yourself over to it, okay. you will recognize a lot of what branched out of it. Okay. But uh but something that it, 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 all right, it, it it hits me as a guy mm. because it has real real tough guy stuff in it. Like mm. real uh and it's the character of Martin Riggs because and Gary Busey, Mr. Joshua. There's a fucking scene, dude. I just they're, they're, he does this thing where he fucking I, I I won't give it away. although 80, 1987 when we came out, <laughs> yeah. but uh, and they're trying to convince a guy to do something. and Mr. Joshua puts a cigarette out, out his arm and just fucking smiles. Busey smiles at him. always putting a cigarette on his arm, and the guy just goes, "You are fucking out there, <laughs> like like fucking Pluto." And I mean, we used to say that all the time when we we were in a theater. I I, I wrote uh, in in the comedy film nerd's book Diggs Digstown is the only movie that ever made me jump out of my chair and and cheer in a theater at something. Hmm. Uh, Digstown is there's a part. Lou the. Jr. and James. Yes, seen. yes. Okay, there, that is it's the not only
1: whether movie. You win or lose. It's how you rig the game. Yes, That's sir. Really?
0: I thought the con was on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: it, it is the only movie that. But but Lethal
2: Weapon. I cheered, like, there's a, there's this thing, Martin Riggs kills a guy, alright, that's the thing, he's a cop who's not like, you, you want to talk about anti-hero cops, yeah. who will skirt the law, well, he's he's getting tortured, alright, and it's the start of all of the times you've ever seen Mel Gibson tortured in films, you know what I mean, it's just this long, my brother Glenn used to say, he just, he, uh, he just makes films just to be tortured in them, mm. uh, and then he finally kills the guy who's torturing him, and he's just—he's an animal at that point. He's just—he's grunting and screaming, and you're just like—you're right there with him. You're right there with him at the time, and then he winds up again. Spoilers. I apologize. I came out in '87. The big fight scene with Busey, because you're waiting because Mr. Josh was a fucking lunatic, <laughs> and Riggs is even worse, and uh, and they wind up in a lawn where the the, the uh. uh A fire hydrant has been upset, so it's just shooting in the air, and there's rain. And the case has pretty much been solved. Everything's done, except for Busey and Riggs, which you've been waiting for all movie long. And they're in the front yard, and Riggs looks at Busey, and uh, Riggs goes you want a shot at the title? <laughs> and if the, the case is solved, everybody's going to jail, like everything's happening, everything's, the bad guys have lost. The only thing you haven't seen is Busey and and Riggs, and Riggs goes, you want a shot at the title? And Busey just goes, don't mind if I do. And they fight, and they really fight. Yeah. Not like Marcus of Queensberry bullshit, but fucking judo, and, and
0: some jujitsu, and, and it's a real fight. Well, and it's, and you get the, the hindsight benefit of watching the two biggest lunatics in the world Absolutely. fight. Absolutely. They're out there, <laughs> (laughs) like fucking Pluto. But it's fantastic. And again, from the opening scene, the opening scene, it's
2: so funny. It's it's, uh, because it's a Christmas movie, essentially, because it takes place and it opens with this. And the opening scene is a girl high out of her mind, and it's, you know, just crystal clear shot of her on a balcony. And then she swan dives off the balcony and lands on a car and destroys it. And you're and you're now you're in you're in the movie. And then they go to a stakeout at a Christmas tree joint. And I'm telling you, you I, I would watch it with you if they if they showed it on a screen, I would pay for it. I'm telling you, to, to there are times you wish you could experience what you felt the first time you did something. And the first time I saw Lethal Weapon is one of them. When, when he said, you want to shout out the title? And he said, don't mind if I do? You're just like, I'm just like, yeah! Like, you're
1: screaming. <laughs>
2: you're so happy. I was so happy. Getting for fake tough guy bullshit and everything. It was It's so great to watch. So I apologize. I
0: said, it, But Jesus, how but have you not seen it? It's, no, it's fine. We got the it's, same thing from Kyle canane when we hadn't seen uh, Cannonball Run.
1: Which we still so, haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to do... We, we could, <laughs> We can. Let, I'm guess, used to this. Maybe we'll do this for 350 or whatever. We were we were talking about an idea for our, our 300 episode is coming up, mm-hmm. and we've had Kyle on between like our show and the live show, maybe three episodes. Um, yeah, he was on the live show twice and the regular show once. And every time Cannonball Run has come <clears throat> up, yeah. so we were thinking about for our 300 episode, we watch Cannonball Run and then we just have Kyle on just to talk about Cannonball Run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll do it for 350 because Kyle's scheduled not
0: Yeah, we can here. have we can have 350. For three fifty, we have Mike back on having watched Lethal Weapon, and Kyle back on having watched uh, Cannonball That's Run. Episode, you're that welcome, listeners,
2: in advance. You had, you came up with this cop thing. I had a pitch for you this week too, and I was like, nah, I, I didn't get to do it because you went with cops. I'm
0: so, I, don't That's let okay. that don't let that stop. Um, me. Clearly, the cop thing hasn't worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has,
2: except for the fact that you haven't seen the seminal cop film. But other than that. Um, No, this week, uh, you know, Tarantino, it's his 20th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tuesday night, they showed Mm -hmm. Reservoir Dogs in theaters one night only. And tonight, they're showing Pulp Fiction in theaters for one night only. Mm. And I was saying, I was going to pitch you that we went and went to the screenings and saw them both and then, you know, had a Tarantino show because I'm always down. I'll, I'll fill four hours talking about that. We, we, haven't, have we haven't
0: profiled Tarantino yet. Maybe we'll have you on for that. I, I'd lo- you're, I, I, would, like I would do fans. it
2: in a second. I, yeah. And I would, I would come here and watch them all with you and we, uh, it's too bad we're doing it so close to Django. i do it with Django, but mm-hmm. I saw, again, it's getting, it's funny. I mentioned seeing trailers yesterday. I refuse to watch trailers on my computer um, because I love the movies and I love the big screen. And when I was a kid, I I, I really embrace the grindhouse of being able to see coming attractions for you know for 30 minutes almost i mean i would pay to see two hours of good trailers Hmm. uh i loved it as a kid because you you know (laughs) i I, i've told the story before i saw pumpkin head in the theater the movie Pumpkinhead, the monster movie uh i saw it just to see the batman trailer Mm -hmm. and i paid to see it i think seven times that week just to see batman beforehand and batman afterwards
0: I believe you mentioned that last time you were here, and uh, Bill had a had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean,
2: because I so that's because when you would see trailers be unveiled, and he, so yesterday I saw Django, which I I had not seen yet because I won't watch it, and I just was I was. Well, transfixed. I, I remember
0: in uh, it was like ninety eight or something like that, and and for a lot of me, I can't remember the movie that everyone went to see so they could see the Phantom Menace trailer, right? But there was because the internet. Because everyone was still dial up, so you wouldn't watch video on, on the internet. Yeah. Um, and so, like, there are news stories about this, like, little obscure who gives a shit film that, like, <laughs> happened to have the same distributor who were just like, this is awesome. We're making so much money off of not this movie. And uh, just so that people could see, you know, Phantom Menace. And
1: was something
2: Empire Records.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I do know what you mean about not watching uh, trailers on... Uh, like, on your computer. I actually, to watch that that um, extended, like, six-minute Cloud Atlas trailer, I, I hooked my computer up to my TV. That's great. So that it. I could watch yeah. it. Yeah. Watch it, like, yeah. it's yeah, a I good idea. Yeah, same
2: way. I won't. I just can't. I mean, all right, if I have to, if it, if the first Dark Knight one comes out, and because you don't know when they're going to. If I have to see that, I have to see it. You know what I mean? But... But other trailers, cool stuff like The Hobbit, or I, I wanted to see on the big screen, and thankfully I did. I saw it last night.
0: There's nothing more, and this is this is a topic we talked about like two months ago. But uh, there's nothing more fun for me than like, and the internet has ruined this. I believe on your show you talked about like the internet. There's no mystery anymore because of, because of the internet and smartphones and stuff. But nonetheless. Uh, when a movie like you've kind of heard whispers about this movie and you know that it's coming out but you don't know much about it and you don't know how it's going to turn out and then you see the trailer for it or like a teaser trailer and you're just, and you're like oh and you weren't expecting it either yeah you go in and just like oh shit here it is there's is, this is that thing i was thinking about <laughs> yeah. and just and, and that's how i was with the batman begins trailer yeah um because i because i didn't it's just like oh the guy that made uh memento and insomnia i liked insomnia and memento it's just like and he's doing a batman movie that's interesting and, and this is an interesting cast i wonder what's how it's gonna how it's gonna be Then you see that trailer the, the teaser yeah and you're just like oh it's real it's oh, a real batman movie exactly. it's not this <laughs> schumacher bullshit it's <laughs> like it's like the animated series batman like oh it's all happening yeah and and i don't remember what movie i saw it in but i remember just being like this is because I wasn't expecting it, and there it was, and it's like life had just given me a present.
2: Yeah, her. that's how it was with Iron Man 3 last night, because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even know it existed, the trailer. I, and it started, and the Marvel thing, you know, flipped, and you're like, oh, whoa, and then you saw it happening, and then the Mandarin's there, and you're just like, Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, it was just, because again, and Pat and I were watching the movie, and Pat looks at me, and he goes, that trailer is better than Iron Man 2. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> Shane Black.
1: Uh Man, that rem- I, reminds me of Kiss, my, Kiss, Bang,
2: Bang, Shane Black. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> one of my favorite onion headlines of all time from, I guess this is back in 2007 when the headline was a uh, popular Iron Man trailer to be adapted into feature film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, do we want to continue this? We've been going for
1: a while. Yeah, we should probably start thinking about wrapping up, but I. Um... Okay, here's what I'm going to do I'm just going to start listing these. Okay. You I, didn't, guys wanna, I didn't make a list. If you guys
0: want to stop me and say something. And if I want to stop myself, I'll say something as well. Okay. Okay, here we go. John McClane. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. Uh,
2: yeah. And it's so funny. I, when I debated this, I was wondering, I'm like, is Die Hard a cop movie? I mean, I guess it is, really. Yeah. But, but it's a whole different genre of it. You know, you, yeah. it's not like a cop movie. Like, Copland is a cop movie. Right, right. You know, that it, it always changes. But if you're saying that a cop is the focal point, because Die, Die Hard is aliens, is, mm-hmm. you know, Lethal Weapon, is these movies that are seminal moments, in genres, and, yeah. uh, and, you know, Terminator 2, mm-hmm. you know, so Die Hard absolutely invented the whole, that genre. And,
1: and I've said before, um, Die I, Hard...
2: And I, let me, before I say that with any certainty, I know out there, I, it didn't invent it. I know a million people are going to write now and go, no, this invented it, and this invented it, and but for me, as a guy, that perfected it, because when I saw it in the theater, it was unlike anything I'd ever seen.
1: And, uh, Die Hard is, the uh, I was going to say, um, and I've said it before, um, the movie I've seen more times than any other single movie. I've seen it well over a hundred times yeah uh, easily what is um, yours do you know off the top of your head like that you have seen more than any other movie wow
0: let's uh, let's think about it i'll okay.
1: talk but but um yeah it did invent i mean if you uh, I, again i'm the 10 millionth person to make this point but every uh, almost every action movie of the 90s is die hard on a blank you know yeah you know die hard uh, on a on a bus is speed which is a movie i really like there's on a boat which is under siege there's in a hockey arena which is sudden death (laughs) everything in the 90s is diehard on a blank yeah yeah so it it did yeah it was hugely influential and also i think if you compare uh the the american action movies of the 80s which are very good in their own right but the ones that you know the uh, stallone and 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 schwarzenegger type of movies they were almost uh uh, they, they were they were like more than human. These 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 heroes, you know, they were unstoppable. They were almost like robotic, like machines. And John McClane is like he gets the fucking shit kicked out of him, yes. and he's funny about it at the same time. And that was a big deal. And, this, he,
0: and he keeps going. He's really. It sounds this is going to sound silly, but like he's like everything you want a cop to be. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not Superman, but he's got like. The will of Superman. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, that's pretty awesome. It's, it's like really, he's not an anti hero, really. He's just a straight up hero.
2: Yeah. He's, you know? he's a blue collar dude who got thrown into it and he acts the way a cop would act. You know, yeah. he's not a Superman. Uh, you know, there's, uh, I, 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 unfortunately, Roger, well, Roger Ebert has, when he talks about Silence of the Lambs, he says the moment you become invested in the film is when Catherine Martin is singing American Girl in the Car. Mm hmm. He says, the second you see that, you are in now, because whatever happens to her, you're going to want her to be safe, and and it it sets up exactly how you feel for the rest of the movie. Hmm. And in Die Hard, the moment for that is when he has to run across the glass, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's it's his kryptonite moment where Superman would be brought down and be weak Schwarzenegger or Stallone would have powered through it and sewn themselves up with fishing line and they would have gotten through it but he when when fucking Alan Rickman says shoot the glass Mm -hmm. and then he has to run through it and then you see him in that the flickering light you're catching the the car accident that his feet have become and he has to try to struggle through that and because again he doesn't uh, Hulk up and he doesn't that scene where he runs to the glass and he's sitting there and you realize he's he's more scared than he's ever been he's wounded he's in that tiny closet with the fucking lights flickering on and off
1: it's just talking to reginald johnson on the talkie and pulling chunks of glass he's bleeding profusely pulling glass out of yeah yeah. and and you can tell in his performance it really hurts it's amazing yeah Yeah.
2: and and it's the moment when you just go oh you know and because it's it's been him against everybody up to that and you don't know what's going to happen but that moment is when you just go oh jesus christ he's going to you're rooting then for him
0: to get through everything and it's it changes everything when you see the film slight side note I feel like, not unlike Tom Cruise, which we've talked about on the show before with you, Bruce Willis... Is not, now admittedly he can phone it in when he wants to, but at the same time, like I don't think he gets enough credit as an
1: actor. You know, like here's he's, I'm rub he's it in, amazing. I'm gonna rub in, in, because ten years ago when we first lived together, I made this exact same point to you, <laughs> and you were anti Bruce Willis back then. Was <laughs> I? Yes. Yeah, I've seen Pulp Fiction, but I would. No, I was talking. I think <laughs> I was I liked him in about like too. how even in like I'm not a fan of Armageddon the movie, but I think like a Tom Cruise, he's. He's good and watchable, even when he's in a movie. I I don't. Maybe like. it's
0: because you were. Maybe it's because you were invoking Armageddon. Like, and also
1: because that first year we lived together, we hated each other. <laughs> there is that, yes,
0: And anything you said, I was going to hate you. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, and and you're absolutely right. And especially on your list of top 100 roommates. Okay. All right.
1: <laughs> How
2: often does that change? And where is he ranked now?
0: Uh, consistent 48. All right. Good. <laughs> so um, the. Uh, yeah, and it's and it's a weird thing. I think I think as time has gone on, I've I've come to really appreciate the action movie performance, which is why I've come around to Tom Cruise. Not that I ever thought he was bad, but I thought like, oh, he's great in Born on the Fourth of July. He's great in Magnolia. But it's like he's great in Mission Impossible Three. Yes. like he, that's an amazing performance. He's uh, great in Color of Money.
2: Oh yeah, and he should have won the Oscar over Paul Newman, and I will go to my grave saying it. Well, even certainly. though nobody asks, <laughs> that's the stupidest <laughs> statement ever. <laughs> I will go to my grave saying it. That's how important it is to me, even though nobody ever asks me. It's like, surely, Mike, there are other more no, important I have statements. I about this. Carve my
0: tombstone.
1: <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, and so and then uh, and I was actually quite happy that. Uh, Bruce Willis uh, was nominated for an Indie Spirit Award for Moonrise Kingdom because though I think I'm probably somewhere in between the two of you as far as my response to the film his character was by far my favorite I thought he was amazing in
1: it. yeah I want to see a spinoff that's just him and Edward Norton oh, like no they're they <laughs> so great together in that movie on, they're on the road that's great <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, like the part, you you just saw it the other night, Moonrise Kingdom, right? The uh, I,
2: I loved it. I would have watched it if they would have started the projector again. I would have watched it right away. But I, the part I,
1: where they're on the like the the CB and until <laughs> the Swinton is like uh, apparently there was a stabbing and they both like in unison, like yeah. that was the girl. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, they had they were how it, it's like surprisingly they were great together.
2: Throwaway stuff is so fun, like that right there. You know, and my my, when I, the, my biggest laugh in the movie is, uh, for me anyway, is in the plane. Oh yeah. When they're flying That's and it's, the, it's there's the, the storm and he goes, hang hang, hang tight, it. social services. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what does he say to her? Hold on, social Hold services. Hold on, social services. It's the funniest line <laughs> in the movie. Oh yeah. it's, and She never identifies herself as anything but that, yeah. ever. But when he says it to her, he, she hasn't established that really yet. Yeah. Oh, fucking great. And I, I was, laughed so hard.
0: I don't know who that, who that actor is, but it's not an important character. They've made reference to it because there are no small characters yeah. in a Wes Anderson film. Everybody's got a Part to play, and uh, that sounded more derogatory than I meant it. I hope <laughs> but, so. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, that moment. There's a lot of there's a lot of laughs in there. That moment I, is the one I return to over and over. It's Hang true. on, social. Hang services. on, social services. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, so great, so perfect.
1: What else is on per- your list? Let's, let's power through. Uh, my
0: phone died. Oh. We'll go with
1: we'll go with Mike's list because there's probably some overlap. Uh,
2: probably training day.
1: Oh, yeah. absolutely yeah.
2: fantastic. I mean, that's uh, it, when
1: I owe. Tyler, an apology for... He, he owes me an apology for his Bruce Willis uh, opinion. I owe him an apology because... Um, half owe him an apology. Because he wanted to go... When we lived together, moved together, moved to Chicago together, we didn't know anybody but each other. And he really wanted to go see Training Day in the theater, and I didn't think it looked good for whatever reason. And didn't see it till DVD and, like... And, uh, you know, mea culpa. I, uh, you yourself, uh, also yeah. should
0: apologize but, for all your behavior that first year. But also,
1: you you refused to go to a movie alone, which I did like twice a week anyway. At yeah, that I've point I've, where, like, I've, uh, I've reversed that. By the way, <laughs> it,
0: even now that I've got like a wife and lots of friends, like it's just like <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to this movie over here. Uh, I
1: prefer going to movies alone for the I most part. Do. There are there are there are a handful of people. You, my girlfriend, uh, our friend Frank Feelmyerath McGrath. Oh, my. by the way, I want to say hi to. Alex from Albany. All right. Uh, I'll tell you guys the story off mic. I Delay. guess so. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that sounds like fun.
2: Uh, Training Day was the movie I saw where I, I just went, yeah, Denzel Washington can do whatever he wants forever and ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love Inside Man, too, which uh, I don't know if that counts as a cop movie
0: or not. but I guess it does, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. I like mm-hmm. that.
2: Uh, Training Day 7.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I had Somerset written down. I like, uh, I don't remember the name of uh, Brad Pitt's character, but I like Morgan Freeman's character David quite a bit. That's right, yes. Melton. in the box. Somerset. Yeah. It's
2: in the box. Yeah. It's <laughs> in the box. Uh, of course, Lethal Weapon. and of course, LA Confidential.
0: Yes. I, um, like, uh, I like all three of them. Yeah, but I really like Jack Vincenzo for no other reason than I love his name. But it's maybe my favorite spacey performance as well.
2: And Cromwell is is so amazing in it. Crow—they're all—all of them are perfect. And I just watched it a month ago. It was again the same thing. It came on, and I had not seen it in a couple years. Mm -hmm. And I put the remote down and. And just sat there and went yeah i can't i can't turn it off it's just so good guy pierce so good all of it fantastic
0: it's a it's a it's a re- remarkably rewatchable film like it was in my top 10 for a long time and then i saw you know some others that uh that bumped it out but like it is one that every time i watch i'm like why is that not my top 10 like that's pretty good that's a good movie and i actually think i like it it's such a different entity from the book but i think i actually like it more than the book
1: yeah um I like confidential, I, I often think of uh, okay. So Eminem did the movie Eight Miles. They're also directed by Curtis Hanson. Yes, and I read an interview with him, like doing press for the movie, and he was talking about when you know he was deciding when that he wanted to do the movie and and looking up who Curtis Hanson was, and he said. And Eminem is like, I'd seen The Hand, The Rock, The Cradle and loved it, but it wasn't until someone told me I should watch LA Confidential that I was like on board. <laughs> and I just, I love the idea of Eminem being super into The Hand, The Rock, The Cradle. And That's just great.
0: Like, and of course, at the time, like taking like a VHS and be like, hmm, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I've also heard good things about this movie, The River Wild. Let's give that <laughs> a shot.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. What, what else you got there?
2: Um, Donnie Brasco.
1: Oh yeah, oh um, yeah, which
2: is phenomenal. No, that's I mean, an FBI it's just, movie, but uh,
1: well, all
2: right, well, I, I, yeah, but well, if we're gonna do that, we'll do the subset of FBI's. Okay. Let's let's bring in the three FBI's now. Let's bring in Manhunter.
0: Yeah, uh, yes. Uh,
2: William yeah. L. William Peterson's Manhunter.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Let's bring in in To Live and Die in L.A.
0: Mm-hmm. Which not, I've not seen it. Uh, Wait, is that?
2: Oh, that's also William L. Peterson being but fucking amazing. Is that
0: FBI. I haven't seen. He's in a so Treasury long. agent. Okay
2: Uh, they're, they're, He's FBI Secret Service Because okay. they, they're guarding The president in the beginning right. And they work basically For the treasury And then they go after Willem Defoe, Who is a counterfeiter And uh, and you know it, It's Dean Stockwell is in it And plays an amazing You know just again That thing where He shows up for Eight minutes of screen time And, and you're going yeah, yeah Dean Stockwell Is fucking amazing Yeah uh, Steve Jones is in it well there's a great uh, I whatever who cares it's a personal thing nobody cares but who, was the,
0: ju- who was just on the show saying that I needed to see that Like, was, I think it was Josh it was, it, I think it was Josh it's so yeah. good Yeah,
2: It's and it's so 80s uh, yeah. the, from the opening scene with the Wang Chung song to live and die in LA <laughs> with the font and the colors you're, you're immediately going well this is the 80s and then Reagan is giving a speech that's who they're guarding uh, it, it, it that,
0: transports you back immediately well but, Manhunter is, is very 80s it, that's, well. I
1: remember saying I guess was it last year year or two years ago when drive came out came out i was like there should be new blu-ray editions of manhunter and to live and die in la yeah. to capitalize on this aesthetic that is suddenly popular yeah again. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The,
2: the drive uses the to live and die in la almost the exact font and colors in the credits mm-hmm. i i was transfixed when i saw it in the theater yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah like i said donnie brasco manhunter and, and to live and die in la are those uh heat i, I mean mm-hmm. I was going to save it for last, but I, I don't know how much longer you want to go, but it, it's so phenomenal. It's so good. It, and everybody is pitch perfect And it. Mike Kelsey Williamson is pitch perfect. Uh, Danny Trejo, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Dennis Haysbert in his part. And these are all the smaller parts that, that mm-hmm. color Pacino, De Niro, Val Kilmer. Uh, it, it's, it's just so good.
0: Yeah, it's cast so well, and it's it really is. I mean, it's Primarily those three characters, but it, it, it like if you don't put the if you don't really create the ensemble, like that does create like having Ted Levine in the mustache, yeah. be be a <laughs> yeah. cop because that's how cops are. Yeah. I'm sorry to put it that way, but uh, and so um, yeah, and then of course yeah, Danny Trio. I do not remember the name of the actor who plays Wayne Grow.
2: I don't either, uh, but he's so of, yeah. good in it. Yeah.
0: yeah, and he's so you're just like because oh, you know what? Somebody... Wayne
2: Wangrow. You're just like yeah, that's Wangrow. Yeah, exactly. I've seen him in movies go, <laughs> That's Wayne Grow.
0: Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing, <laughs> and and it's one of those things. Not unlike uh, oh now oh not unlike Lethal Weapon, a film that uh, I, I've 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 been told I will enjoy. <laughs> but, um, where at the end, it's like De Niro's gotten away, but it's just like, but it's almost like he looks. At, it's almost as if he looks at the screen and says. You want me to kill Wayne Grove, I'm don't you? To kill Wayne Grove, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, this this is going to screw me over, but it's worth it. Yeah, because this man needs to die. And Tom uh, Sizemore. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I mean, I, that's the thing is everybody you
2: name. There's not a there's not an off note in Heat. It, yeah. it is so good, and and the filming of it and the, the set pieces the, when they go to meet. The, uh, the character at the drive-in and he's got, uh, you know, Val Kimmer's off on the roof to, to basically sharpshoot and then they mm-hmm. shoot the guy and the SUV rolls into the wall, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, every set piece is done so perfectly. And, and I mean, fucking Tom Loke is amazing in that movie. For the, he's <laughs> in it a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and, uh, but uh, you remember
0: it. Hank Azaria?
2: Uh, Hank, God damn it, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. A
1: mulleted uh, John Voight. Yeah. Uh, Isn't uh, it? Oh, Tom Noonan?
0: Tom Noonan. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, Dude, po- possible future senatorial candidate Ashley Judd. I don't yeah. know if you've been reading about that. Yes, I have. I that have she, not. There are rumors that she might challenge Mitch McConnell.
2: They have all asked her to that kind of thing and she's right. she's living in the moment of maybe,
0: but uh, who knows. The uh, the thing that gets me about heat is that in any such in <clears throat> I feel like in almost any movie where there's cops and crooks, the crooks will almost always be more interesting than the cops. Um not so. It really is equal, and that's that's part of the brilliance of casting Pacino and De Niro, because they are, certainly at the time, equal stature, Hollywood royalty, like... Just, and they are the they leaders of the their respective
2: time. crews. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Jets and the Sharks where yeah. they, that scene where they go to the building they think they're going to be at and they're on the roof. Mm-hmm. And Pacino just goes, we just got made. Uh-huh. And then yeah. they cut to the other ceiling, the other roof, and they're taking the pictures yeah. of yeah. the cops. And it, you're just, you're because you're rooting for both. I mean, you, it, there's no clear delineation of... Yeah. Uh, oh, my God, they got to get away. Because there's usually, again, the anti-hero yeah. where you're rooting for the crooks. Um, but, man, there's there's enough corruption and evil to go around. And then the, even the subplot with the wife and the daughter works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Pacino's and wife say, and daughter.
1: The, uh, that's, is that Annabelle Sciorra
2: um, is his wife? No. Um, no, it's the girl from Swimming with Sharks. And I don't know her name. Oh, hell. Uh, yeah, I don't recall. And she's also in California.
1: What I was going to mention the small role we didn't mention is Xander Berkeley, the guy that she's having an affair with. He has that, like, you can eat my food, you can fuck my wife in her Pomo dead tech house, but you cannot watch (laughs) Watch my my fucking fucking television television set.
0: (laughs) Yep, That's great. And you do see that like, I mean, he really is a a rather miserable character. He's great Mm -hmm. at his job. And and you just see that, like, you know, I remember, I did not, I didn't like Heat when I first saw it, but I was young. And I feel like, uh, and since then, I've bought it and watched it a couple more times and i remember at the time having a problem with the idea of people like oh it's the the crime epic and hmm. i was just like crime epic you know and i thought of i'm sorry david lean uh and i <laughs> thought of you know lawrence of arabia i thought of something like a big scale and then i then you realize like no, no no there's such a thing as an emotional epic and you have this idea that like there are two crews and two and you're rooting for everyone yes even though they are against each other how is that even possible and,
2: Everyone
1: uh, but Wayne Grew. Everyone but Wayne Right, Grew. right. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, the, gotta...
2: he's the touchstone of misery in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, you're you're content with whatever's going to happen. Yeah. Watching it, you're just you, because a lot of times a weaker film will set you up to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that was a movie that presented you everything as is and let you decide and watch and sort it out and parse it out for yourself.
0: And I and, loved it. And I cannot think not until The Departed, where you had. DiCaprio and Matt Damon. I can't think of another instance of casting like two actors that are both movie stars, both incredibly well respected, that really never seen, they've never been in a movie together, at least in the same frame together. And the minute they show up together, you're like, how's this not happened before? Oh, right, because they're both too big. Mm -hmm. They're both the head, like. The lead of their respective careers, yeah, and then and then the Departed comes along, and it's a little bit different because I think DiCaprio is a stronger character, not in in the way the character is conceived, but he is stronger, and Damon's character is weaker, and so they're not on even footing. But still,
1: by the way, Diane Venora is Diane Venora. Oh, okay, yeah, she was uh, she played uh, Russell Crowe's wife in The Insider. Um, Okay, you're Um, welcome. (laughs) And you know what? Uh, We were talking about how long you know long movies. Now, it seemed like it, in the time between heat coming out and me seeing it, the main thing I knew about it is that it was really long, but it's only five minutes longer than The Dark Knight Rises. Do you think if it came out now, it would be thought of as. No,
2: because as, again, I, I really think people are willing to let great actors and great directors tell great stories, and they don't matter. It doesn't matter to them what length of time is involved i mean i will you know look at any of the return of the king or any of those movies yeah. I, if you plug in the extended versions they're you know three hours and 47 minutes or something like that and, and i'm i'm in i'm yep. in you want to kill orcs for an hour let's do it and let's yeah. go to helms deep and stay there for two hours i don't fucking care yeah. i because i want to live in your world because you're, you brought me there and i don't want to leave yeah. and with heat it's the same way man i mean whether they're at kate manolini's or they're they're in when he comes into the they need a new driver. So, you know what I mean? Cause, and Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins! <laughs> you know, and so they get so to the recruit Haysbert at the short order grill. You hear the grill sizzling, and you see him working back there, and you know, because we've been following him as well, how, how his life's turning out, and then he mm-hmm. just, fuck it. He even says,
0: fuck it, and he just goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 and you're willing to go everywhere with it. It's just perfect. And it's worth noting, if you had asked me how long is heat, I would have said 2.15. Like, it's, uh, but... No, 250. Math- mathematically, two fifty. So almost three hours. But I don't think of it as a long movie. Yeah, I think of no. it as as, a, as an epic to a certain extent. But I would not have. I would not have pegged it as almost three. My
2: favorite, my favorite thing is when Val Kilmer's been shot up and there, you know, after the the heist and and he comes to the house and actually Jud is on the balcony. It's my favorite yeah. thing. Actually, Judd is on the balcony and she smiles and he smiles and she just one hand gesture to zing and mm-hmm. uh, we our life our life is finished. I have yeah. the son, I have your son, and you lead to leave and it's over.
0: And and they, they do such a good job of like setting it up. Yep. Of like you see De Niro's philosophy.
2: You need to be and ready then, to
0: leave in a moment's in a notice. At a moment's yeah. notice, if the heat's around the corner, and like and then in that and like and you see that he actually sort of betrayed that yeah. for himself but then you see you didn't know that you were seeing a preview of what is what is in store for Val Kilmer mm-hmm. it's such a ugh oh. That's a well-structured film. What happened to Michael Mann? I know you like Public Enemies, but I don't. I did like Public Enemies. So. Well, uh, right.
2: nothing happened to him. He may have had a misfire, but he's still got greatness in him. I mean, for fuck's sake, Miami Vice was uh, not. Great oh, I didn't
0: either. care
1: much for that. Yeah. Uh... All right. Let's... <laughs> did you like Miami Vice? Cops.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love the TV show. Okay. Watch the pilot of the TV show for the, the in the air just for the in the oh, air yeah. tonight scene with him driving in the car. It's mm-hmm. it's phenomenal.
1: All right. What else? Because we we, we got to wrap up here. All right. Let's, well, let's zoom through here.
2: All right. Well, let's let's finish with one that I want because okay. I, I think okay. we're going to discuss it a little bit. There are others we could talk about. I mean, I, I want to talk about Beverly Hills Cop really fast. Just throw it out there. Just mm-hmm. names of stuff. You know, you mentioned 48 Hours, Serpico. Um, you know, Bad Lieutenant. Of course, you know those those movies are all and Hard Boiled. Like I said, I mm-hmm. mentioned it earlier, but if you haven't seen it, you need to see it.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but I, I, I think Zodiac is one that we should talk about because that
0: online, yeah.
2: uh, it, it is a it's so interesting to me because it is a cop movie mm-hmm. but it has two sets of cops in which one of the sets is not cops at all. Yeah. Right. but they behave like
1: cops the journalists
2: there's a journalist and and a cartoonist yeah mm-hmm. and they essentially team up to become like the, almost the b team of detectives and then, progressively, the A team of detectives who are chasing a killer. In in a and again, you want to talk about performances in that movie. Downey Jr. is uh, it's in my yeah. opinion his best work since since his comeback since his, oh, yeah. you know he's since he came back from and back and because Iron Man and all that glib he can do glib in his sleep he can walk mm-hmm. around and do that but Zodiac that scene where Hall goes to meet him on the houseboat. And he's a just a broken dude. You know what I mean? And he's and,
0: still glib, but there's such pain behind yes, it. Yeah. Yes.
2: And and that that's why I love the structure of the film, because like I said, it's a it's a cop film, clearly. But it is it is two guys who aren't cops doing the same work as cops, as well as two cops trying to do the same type of work.
0: And that's an example also of what we were talking about with Heat of like just casting the supporting character. It's an ensemble, there really is no lead if I guess Gyllenhaal Hall is a little bit, but like the supporting cast is just as important, and so you got like Elias Koteas, you got Donald Logue, and uh, and one of my favorite things about that Brian Cox, Brian Cox, yeah. Oh, and and by the way, that character is himself a nice little gem because you get to look him up in yeah, yeah. real life, and you realize, oh, now he really was this that's a real dude, person. Yep. not unlike uh, real quick uh, Boardwalk Empire Stephen Root's character. Look that, look that guy up. Oh, it's real. That guy is a gem (laughs) that person gaston means he is astounding okay i wish like everyone should know about him
2: yeah no melvin melvin belli is is absolutely you go
0: read about him you're like oh my (laughs) god yeah it's (laughs) crazy it's it's, i I, ah, i love real life anyway um the thing my favorite maybe my favorite thing about zodiac and there's a lot of things i like probably john carroll lynch's performance is my favorite but um the scene with the watch and they're talking to him in the in the break room
2: oh so good
0: I, I saw John Carroll Lynch on the street and if he had not been on the phone I would have been like S- I'm sorry I need to thank you for that performance <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: it's so amazing that and Fargo The yeah, yeah I'm on the yeah. tree scent oh genius <laughs> yeah
0: like how how does that? How does that man have those two performances? Inside? He wants some he's, he's yawning, and yeah. he's, he's so real, you know. He, he, yeah. And then
2: he finishes her breakfast when she goes out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Got to eat, Margie. Yep, just oh, oh. such a loving guy. Anyway, um, but uh, one of my favorite things about it is when uh, you know the case has gone cold and everybody's moved on, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, like, he wants to sort of reopen it at least for himself, and so he's he's talking to all these other cops, and there's always. There's such, there's this little, and I can't even, it's, it's somewhat intangible. This idea, when he talks to them about it, you see like this, this bitter, like this sting in, in like Donald Logue, in, uh, Mark Ruffalo, in Elias Cartiers, this sting of like, oh yeah, that like, not it, not, oh yeah, but just like, it's always sort of there. It's always this, this slow burn that could like jump to fire at any moment. And just, it's the thing that none of them wanted to give up. And they had to
2: which you think gets to, in in my mind, police, mm-hmm. cops, because the best of them are are in it to solve crimes and fix crimes and make sure that bad things don't happen. And when it when things get slipped by them, they give themselves over to always thinking about it. I, I mm-hmm. like to think that and maybe movies has put that in my head, yeah. but I like to think that anybody who's given themselves over to a life of public service like that uh, or, or civil service wants to do good. And when they can't do good. It, it's got to eat out of them, and that's why they get out of it so quickly. Which my, it
0: reminds me of a movie called The Pledge. Did you ever see The oh, Pledge? Oh, I didn't see The Pledge. With Jack Nicholson. I guess I won't spoil it. Oh, is that... I know what it is. I, I've okay. seen it. All right. Yeah, yeah, Sean Penn directed it. Right, right, right. Maybe a little uh, heavy-handed. Movie. I always mix them up with Indian yeah. Runner. I, I mix the two of them up all oh, the right, time. Yes. Uh, I've not seen Indian Runner, but uh, but The Pledge, like that, it's that taken to an extreme where you just... Where you actually get the character who sort of winds up like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Like, just he has internalized it to the point of like, oh, he's okay. He's crazy now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's gone insane. And it's, and that's the tragedy of it. That's yeah. where like you want. And that final to, scene
2: too. And, in, in, oh, oh yeah, yeah, Jesus.
0: It's, it's one of the most, it's just like, oh, I'm just, I guess I'll just go put a gun in my mouth. Yep. If, if this man is hopeless, <laughs> then I guess I, there's
1: no hope for me. Well, that sounds but, to me like a good place to wrap up the episode. Sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go put a gun in our mouths. <laughs> so, um, Real quick, uh, you can find us at com, where you can read uh, all sorts of reviews, including the Avengers reviews we mentioned earlier and, and, and all sorts of other stuff at com. You can f- uh, email us, David at com or Tyler at com. Follow me on Twitter at ThePretension. Follow t- uh, Tyler at MoreLessons. That's the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at MoreThanOneLesson.com. And my other podcast is the uh, occasional TV wrap-up show Previously On. That's it, Previously On Show show.com Mike where can people find you and your work on the internet
2: uh, you guys can get me if you want to send me an email at Mike at Mike Schmidt comedy.com uh, you can find my podcast the 40 year old boy in iTunes or available streaming on my website Mike Schmidt comedy.com uh, and if you go there we've got a page called explosions of Id with some you know comics and, and you'll hear my voice you will get samples of the show uh, but the main thing is subscribe to the show the 40 year old boy available in iTunes we're in the middle of year five now and then I think there will be a year six but uh, uh, and I'm always happy when you guys have me on. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, because, again, I, I never – my show is all about everything. And to be brought into uh, an atmosphere of specialization is something that I don't get to do very often. And you guys make it very welcoming and accommodating. And I do appreciate it very much. So thank that's
0: you. Very, that's very nice of you to say. And I'll throw something uh, back your way. In the, because uh, on the uh, Joe Business page, there is something called Schmitty Comes Alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is your uh, s- story – you, what would you call it? Not set – uh, it, was my, uh, uh, it was my I performance
2: at the, at the... It was a sold-out show at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. Yeah. Um, and when I say sold-out, I was in a broom closet. So I mean, I was in a small room, but it was great because it was packed full standing of people. Kept, yeah, brought in more chairs and still people standing. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, it's 90 minutes. Again, my show, the length of my show can scare people. We've done, I've done four-hour shows, three-hour shows, two-hour shows is the norm. Um, but this show's 90 minutes. And, and I think if you want a representation of what I do... There's going to be no better representation than this show Because in the beginning it's just kind of gut punch funny Off the top of my head about stuff that happened in the last few days And then it culminates in an hour long story That goes in and out and weaves around And then gets tied up at the end So, uh, And it's a story I've never told on my podcast I've only told it live that one time So it's really a unique performance And and I I tell you I'm proud of it So go pick it up
0: And uh, yes and you should be proud of it It's pretty great I was there and I was so happy To to be a part of it uh, Just being there because like there's You know There's laughter, there's tears, like, there's, you know, a lot of stuff that chances are, like, if you... If lived for any amount of time, either something like that has happened to you or to a relative or a friend or something like that, and it's just a, a really wonderful story, and it is available for five dollars. Yeah, it's a
2: five dollar audio right. download, and and I think it's uh, it's funny and it's it's everything that I could possibly want mm-hmm. to have done, and I'm I'm real proud of it. So go pick it up.
0: Yeah, it is uh, well worth your, well worth your time and money. Thank so, you. So okay, uh, Mike, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, this guys.
1: Was great, I'm it was glad. A blast. All uh, right,
2: I see you next Christmas.
1: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.